Hey guys, Ian Scotto here. I'm sure that you're all recognizing Memorial Day on this Monday. We actually recorded this episode a few days ago, which is why we don't really get into Memorial Day. It kind of slipped our minds that this would fall on Memorial Day. Although Rudy Reyes during his episode does get into some stuff you'll hear that is definitely very appropriate for Memorial Day, but I felt it would be inappropriate for us not to at least acknowledge Memorial Day in some way. So that's me doing that right here. And I just want to say that I hope you are all enjoying. I got to see the air show over at uh, Jones Beach, the practice show for Friday. Um, But yeah, I hope you're all enjoying however you're enjoying while at the same time remembering those great men and women who served who are no longer with us. And yes, you can do both. You know, you can enjoy the day while still recognizing the holiday for what it is. And for all of you who have lost friends or family in combat, in service for this country, uh, we, we can't say enough. And uh, we, we truly appreciate those who made the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, with that, we'll get started. Battle Line Podcast. Currently, we'll get into it in a little bit. Currently, the number two podcast in the government category where we interview the biggest names in special operations military and uh, discuss what's happening in the spec ops world, as well as give you some inspiration, advice, and, uh, you know, other good stuff. Before we get into this interview with Rudy Reyes or any of that, though, which we're very excited for. Bubs Naturals is the best protein on the market. I mean, they do more than just protein, but the collagen protein is really their flagship product. And as someone who has been involved in supplements for many years and goes to the gym and all that, uh, you guys can read about it. There's all these scandals of pro- of uh, supplement companies where there's like amino spiking. And I-, I feel like a lot of these protein supplements are more concerned with having, you know, birthday cake flavored protein than giving you the best protein on the market. And that's why Bubs is just, it's one ingredient. It's, it's a uh, grass fed cowhide. It's not going to inflame your gut and it's going to give you the results you need, whether that's post-workout or just to help your joints recover. I mean, collagen is doing amazing things in people's lives, including the battle line audience. Yeah, it's, it's tremendous, guys. I'm I'm actually have some in my coffee right now. So I I, I and it I I love the uh, that it doesn't have a flavor, and that's the thing yeah. is you can put in stuff and it doesn't doesn't overwhelm you with these sweeteners or just just and some of it just doesn't taste right. It tastes like you've got like the the fake sugar aftertaste. Yeah, it's, and it's not even it's worse than sugar because it's something that's made to taste sweet created in a yeah. lab. Yeah, and that's not what this is. And I, I should throw out there, I just got. I don't think it's on the website yet. I just got my apple cider <laughs> gummies, apple cider vinegar gummies, which are amazing. Um, not just for body cleansing, but for healthy metabolism, promoting energy, immune support, and uh, healthy digestion. And I've had them. They taste great. And the whole idea that's very innovative, as Sean, the CEO, said, is that apple cider vinegar, great benefits, not the best tasting stuff. So he came up with a way that you could easily take that um, you know, to, to a day. And it's going to give you those amazing benefits, but not make you want to throw up. So um, I, as of now, I don't think those are on the website. So Sean sent me three because he's a maniac. And so I have one, I have one jar for myself. I gave one to my mom, who is a fan of apple cider vinegar. And I, with Sean's blessing, I said, could we do the third as a giveaway? So we'll do that 
um, on Instagram. Yeah, sometime yeah. in early June, I'll do a really cool giveaway for you guys. So if you're not already following us, follow at Battleline Podcast on Instagram, and I will do one giveaway for these apple cider vinegar gummies. But for everything else, whether it's the MCT oil powder, the uh, Fountain of Youth formula, or the collagen protein, just go to bubsnaturals.com. Use the promo code BATTLELINE, and you're going to get 20% off your order. Once again, that's bubsnaturals.com, promo code BATTLELINE, and you're going to get 20% off. And as always, every show is sponsored by our good friends at Fort Scott Munitions. Chris just had a uh, BATTLELINE tactical course, and Fort Scott Munitions is always a part of that. They're a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. Uh, This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, and uh, just go to their dealer locator at fortscottmunitions.com. Go to that same website, and you'll receive 15% off your order for merchandise because they just can't keep in stock the ammo right now. So for merch, fortscottmunitions.com, promo code BATTLELINE. You'll get 15% off your order, only available to listeners of this podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE Podcast. With that, let's go. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The switch is on, Battleline podcast, and I wasn't prepared to get into this today, um, but last night I was looking at the Apple podcast charts as I do, and <laughs> we are number two in the category. And, you know, I mentally kind of prepare myself for what I'm going to talk about on the show, and um, I figured we have to get into that. I mean, that's huge, and it's thanks to you guys, the listeners. And uh, for me, you know, I'll, I'll let you give your take on it, but it, it's, it's an affirmation that what we're doing works. And the fact that you could have a podcast that's positive, that glorifies God, glorifies faith, 
And you, you, I, I feel like we talk to operators without doing like the hero worship thing. Mm-hmm. We talk to them like anybody else. And I, I think people like that. And, and I think it shows there's a market for that because of the fact that we get great feedback from our hardcore listeners. But those are the people who, you know, write the five star reviews that, that really ride or die with us. But the the rankings really live by the people who just tune in every week and they probably don't even follow us on social media. They don't write a review. They might not go to a battle line tactical course, but they're listening. And yeah, it means a lot to me, man. The fact that we did this without any organization, it's just honestly a phone call between Chris and I about a year and a half ago or really two years ago at this yeah. point when we came up yeah. with the idea and, you know, no news organization or political action committee said you guys should do a podcast. We we did this, just the two of us, and, and with the help of the guys at Battleline Tactical and, and you guys. Yeah, and, I, I, you know, I, I know when we talked about it and we wanted to do something because of of my immersion at the time, uh, and I was just getting out of it within the media, within the manipulation. And, and uh, you know, those that have seen behind the behind the curtain, in DC and behind the curtain uh, uh, within the media know that it's, it's made to put people against each other. And that's how they create and make money. And that's how it works guys. And I was a big part of that. And, and, and uh, you know, luckily for me, I was able to take a step away with the help of my wife and my family, take a step away and be like, wait a second, I am just feeding the machine right now. And it's not a good machine. So, what is the best way that that maybe I can utilize some of this public figure? And as I'm, if you see me air quoting right now, but <laughs> this public figureness to try to bring something positive back and and basically return to the what I was when I was deploying all the time, which was somebody that didn't give two shits about the media or what they were saying, or even politicians in D.C. Even though I was working for the agency and then also the Department of Defense, but it was how can we do where we just bring positivity back to the world, which, which I, I knew I desperately needed just to make my soul feel better and to get better and just to be turned to that old self. I was that old funny, jovial self. I was when I was which working, is you, man. which that's, is me. That's yeah. You. That's but, really but, you. That's you at your core. It is. But, but also, Hey, well, let's bring it to the world. I bring it to whoever wants to listen. And I, you know, it was, it was a shot in the dark. I think Ian as well, we're taking a stab at it because we would have, we were an anomaly. We, we weren't doing anything that ever anybody else was doing without being overly preachy, which we are not. I am a Christian, but you'll hear me drop F-bombs left and right on the show, which is why we're not in the religious category, which at times I've talked to you, hey, man, we should be over there. Well, we can't be over there when they look into Joe Olstein. They'll tell me, they'll listen to Joe Olstein. Then they're going to hear Tano going, F this, F that. Yeah, I believe in Not God. even so much you. Sometimes our guests, sometimes I feel our like you guests. and I tone it down a little bit. A little yeah. bit. But, but but that's also to show that, hey, you can be a Christian and you don't have to be a teetotaler to be one. Um, you don't have to congregate to, 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 and it's nothing wrong with that, going to church and all, but you don't have to do that just to make it into heaven. That's not a requirement. It's something that if you want to do, then like Ian, Ian speaks, he, he loves, and so I'm gonna, I don't want to speak for you, but you do like to go to church. Sometimes. You do like to, yeah. the group. Which that, I, it's funny. I, and I did on Sunday and I'm an anomaly because people assume then you're a Christian. And I'm and really not. not. I mean, not. I'm, I'm a person <laughs> of faith, but I, but I will say like the evangelical Christians, it was a more, you know, I, honestly, for me, growing up uh, in Judaism, and I, I don't subscribe to any, you know, religion. Yeah. I, I do like people of faith. I, I don't know. It was a more positive mindset when I walked into a evangelical church for the first time. And and I feel like worshiping God should be 
fun and and positive. And well, that's why every now and again, and I'm not, you know, I, I, it's something I do every now and again, and, and I'll open up, you know, whether it's the Bible or whether it's like words, honestly, from, uh, you know, the Dalai Lama or something. I, I, I try to incorporate that into all of uh, who I am and, and being the best version of yourself. And, and how I believe you should, 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 if you're a Christian or you're Muslim or you Hindu or whoever you worship, you worship in your own way. That's good for you. You worship in the way that you can connect with, with the higher power, with God and with me. It isn't in a group setting, but it's reading the Bible every day. It's saying a prayer. I, I've been saying prayers guys, and this is no bullshit. Every night since I was 15 years old, I say prayers every night and I'm 50. And that's how I connect. And, and, I, and so to me, it doesn't matter how you connect to the higher power. If you're a Christian, how do you connect with God is that you are connecting. You are connecting some way. And because I'm telling you, God is real. God is out there. I, I don't believe in God. I know there's God. And we talk about this and we'll talk about it on the show again with with my one time. It is one time that I did feel that God was present and took care of me because I was being an idiot. And I was sitting out in the middle of gunfire and he's like, oh, I got you, dude. You're stupid right now. Go take. <laughs> oh, you're not going to take cover. I got you. But it, it's it's what we're saying is the show has revolved around around faith and it's revolved around positivity, but over also failure. And we hear stories of veterans and, and those, and, you know, rock stars. We do got some good, fantastic, like Dave Silvera and Jimmy Allen from Puddle of Mud. Dave Silvera, who was a former drummer of corn, now is the, the main drummer and the guy of bias, uh, who tremendous new rock band out there, but how they've overcome adversity in, in their lives. And I think that's what the show needed to be. It wasn't any more of, Oh, you're right. You're wrong. I'm right. You're right. You're. It's none of that fight. It's yeah, like, and how do we? How do we? How do we? How do we show? Overcome obstacles. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't even watch TV, so I just come across it on social media, and I'm like, <laughs> how many times do I need to watch? And I don't dislike yeah. either of them, but like, how many times do I have to watch Dan Bongino and Geraldo Rivera like yell at each other? <laughs> I, I don't know how this is exciting anymore. It's like professional wrestling because I guarantee behind the scenes, I feel like they, they, I don't think oh, they hate each other. No, they, uh, they guys, they don't. It's 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 a show, man. It is. It's a show, and it's a great show. And if you can't tell already. The, uh, when you're when you're dividing people, it makes those that are causing the division money and gives them power. And I've seen it overseas so many dang times. That's what veterans were. It, it is tough for us to come back sometimes here where we're like, we don't do that. That's not what we do. We don't. But then look at it. Look at, you know, look how Kurdistan is with Talibani and Barzani. And then look how Iraq is and how the division is and how they create the division so the tribes can stay in power. Like, man. Honestly, that we're doing the same thing here. We're just putting it. We're you know we're just churching it up a little bit more, putting a little bit more color to it, uh, a big and making it a little pretty. But doesn't matter how you dress up shit; it's still shit, and and it, it's hard to see that here. That's why I get with the podcast. I think it, people are following along with that because you got uh, behind the service podcast, tremendous podcast. The ladies over there do a great job. So another one that's positive or even true seeker out there with his. Yeah. I was, I was going to say him too. Cause yeah. we were talking about faith. I was actually just listening to him yesterday. And I think the cool thing with him is uh, I think people have a stereotype of what the faith category or faith is. You wouldn't, I mean, he's like dreadlocked and covered in tattoos <laughs> and he's a rapper and he has these ridiculous, I mean, just crazy stories of faith. I mean, the story that he related yeah. to us the first time he was on the show and then he was into like witches yeah. and warlocks and this crazy. It, it's what, it's what episode very was that? At the realm of what people need to listen. Back. People need to listen. It's like one of our early episodes. They really yeah. got to listen to that episode. That was tremendous. That was fantastic. 
It is. It was early on, but I, I think it's it shows that you don't have to fit this, I don't know, guy in like a, a suit and, you, you know, you, you who, don't who have looks to fit. like, and I like Joel Osteen, but like who looks like Joel Osteen, <laughs> <That's> you don't <laughs> have to fit that mold. Hey, hey, I'm sure he's proud to be the be the stereotype of that. And, you know, there's nothing, I like Joel Osteen. I listen to him sometimes too. He's got positive things to say. He's very positive, but there is a mold and a stereotype of when you see the evangelical, that's what you see. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you don't turn into a, a was it a Jimmy? Oh, yeah. Unless you don't turn I, into a, into a, a hypocrite and be a sinner. And but you're you remember, uh, I think I mentioned uh, it on the Truth Seek one. It, it might have been the one you were on or another one. Do you remember Peter Popoff, that guy? Yes, actually, yeah, that I do. guy was yeah. was one of these, you know, oh. honestly, you know, uh, con artist type of guys, yeah. and that he would, yeah. there would be, you could watch it on YouTube. There would be people in the front audience, and he would say, you know, you in the front row, you're suffering from cancer. I could sense it, and we, you know, they found out they were able to expose it. His wife was on an earpiece saying, like, point to that woman right that there. That sounds like. What's that from? Did they take that from Fletch? Fletch? Fletch lives? I mean, that's what Fletch, Jimmy Farnsworth, Fletch lives. But that's the stuff that turns people <laughs> off, I think, from, uh, and I'm not an advocate of religion. I'm more an advocate of faith, whatever that may be. But I think that's what turns people off from religion are those those people. I actually don't think Joel Osteen is in that category. No, people no, I, have a problem because they say, oh, well, he's made all this money. Yeah, You know, I, that, that's something else. But he's not he's not conning people and his message has always been of positivity. I've it never is. seen Joel Osteen say if, you know, he's never on like an infomercial. If you buy this holy water for what, well, you know, he, he sells <laughs> books and they're, they're positive books. I don't have a problem with that. No, he does. He, he works to his strengths and he's been able to it literally capitalize, but get on, on his strengths, which is fine. If faith is his strength, there's nothing wrong with that to me. Yeah. But you're right. Hopefully behind the scenes, he's not like some of the other ones were, Pop off. There was another one. Oh my gosh. I was listening to it. I do listen to Christian talk radio at times when I'm driving. And, and I, I wish I could remember, maybe we'll bring it on the show again, but where, where, where they were, uh, uh, one of the evangelicals, the pastors had a concubine and say, Hey, you got to be able to be in my church and to be in the inner group. You have to have sex with me. And there's actually, there's, there's, you can go on it. There's some stories about that where, where, women are taken advantage of with these religious groups, which turn into cults more or less. And it does, it gives Christianity a bad name. It, it, obviously it's going to, but Christianity is not like that. But to, and to use Christianity to further your own vices and your own hedonism and whatever else, that's, that's just, that, that's different. That's to me that, that equates to, you know, to child molestation that equates to murder that, that equates to, to, to the ultimate sin to, to use the power and God's name, invoke God's name. So you can, you can quench your, your desires. And that's, that's horseshit and bothers me, but it, it does make, you know, it does give those that dislike Christianity or maybe are afraid of Christianity. I think there's a lot of that out there. It gives them something to Hey man, you Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. Well, no, no, we're not, and, and uh, no, we're, we believe we all believe in different things. As long as we believe in God, and as long as we allow each other to to like Ian and myself, we we both pray and we both worship uh, in different ways, but we still have the same end state, and that's to live live the best possible lives we can in in the image of 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 God. Because that's but we'll never reach that. Nobody ever will because that's perfect. That's being perfect and there's nobody that's perfect in this world, but you always got to keep striving to do that. But that's where the show comes in too. We're always striving to be better, but we always fall down. We always fall down the hill and we got to pick ourselves up and try again. 
And that's essentially what Battleline Podcast is. It's 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 hey, we'll find a way to we're going to find a way to win. Um, it may take a little bit. We're going to learn from our mistakes, learn from failure, but we're going to find a way to win. And what winning is, well, that is all individual. What Ian deems what winning is in his life may not be what I deem what it is in my life, but it's still a positive end state. We're still moving forward to reach that reach that goal on a path of just being the best person we could be with virtue and honor and integrity and moral, moral courage, personal courage, guys, that is so it is really easy to obtain. Moral courage is something that is way more difficult to obtain. And I'm still working on it every day. So, uh, yeah, now yeah, I, okay. Soapbox time. I sound like Joel Osteen there. No, it's second. true. But I, 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 channeled I, I liked it. I, I like, and, <laughs> but it's also what you're saying is, is why I'm, uh, and I think I said at the beginning, why I'm not big on, um, you know, idol worship or hero yeah. worship. I think you could admire, um, different yeah. things about all the great guys that we have on and they, they are great guys, but oh, yeah. we're all mortal human beings and we're all going to do, you know, people get very upset too. If like I say something or you do on the show and, the, and they don't agree with it, it's, it's okay. You know, like the stuff we said about Eddie Gallagher, for example, and I'm not going to harp on it, but like, I know for a fact, like Jake's wig, who we've had on, we didn't talk about it with him, but Jake is in the opposite camp as us. And that's okay. Yeah. I know Jake is a, was a big defender of Eddie and that's fine. I'm not, you know, I, I, I think people just get, you know, we're going to speak whatever, however we think is true. We're, we're not going to, um, we don't bow down to any corporation or, or yeah. even what the listeners think. We're going to give you our honest opinion on whatever the subject may be as controversial as it may be. And if you disagree, that's fine. Right. You can still be a listener. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what we're for. It is. It's to, it's to, you have to agree with everything. Believe me, don't disagree with everything. I I can't even get my old household to agree with anything that I say. My five-year-old and my 16-year-old and my, oh, my wife's completely, now I'm, I'm not the boss here. So uh, it's not a, it's nothing. We just, we just want to try at least to, to keep, it positive, even when we talk about negative things and, 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 uh, you know, me and Jake will disagree on Eddie Gallagher. I, you know, I, I, again, and I'm, I, I, one thing I will never do though, is I'll never speak. I will never speak adamantly about something that I haven't experienced myself or had something similar to, to that. And, and, and I did, I, I had multiple opportunities to, to seek retribution on terrorists where, I had the advantage and I talked about one on the show. Where we talked about Eddie Gallagher and, uh, and I didn't because that's not the right thing to do. That's not, that isn't godlike. All right. That's, that's you know, on the field of battle when they're shooting at me and stuff. Yeah, of course I'm going to kill them. You're, you're going to die because you're not killing me and you're not killing my buddies. But you know, once you have them and we have, we have prisoners that we've, we've been taught as, as soldiers from world war two on and prisoners of wars that we treat our prisoners of war better than, than our enemies do. And, you know, killing them is not treating them better than our enemies do. That's what they do. But I do understand where Eddie, Eddie's mindset is. Cause I've been there where I, you're right at that threshold. Like I could get away with this and no, and I would feel so much better, but really, would you, 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 you quell that vice that you have at that point in time. But in the end of the day, you you've committed one of the ultimate sins and that's murder. Uh, you've took another person's life and, and, um, no, nah, and I will always speak out against that and speak because I don't want to be in that category where now people lump Ranger Seals, Marines so in a category that you guys are all baby killers and, and all that other kind of crap, which I guys, I actually was called that once when I was a second range battalion when I lived in Olympia, Washington. You think those Vietnam days were gone. It wasn't. I, I was 
back in those days, a ranger, we had to have high and tight. So we stuck out like a sore thumb. We looked like Q-tips walking around streets. And yeah, I was called that uh, when I was walking right. in Olympia Coffee. And this was back in, two th- in the 2000s. This was like, it was 2000. And I'm like, oh, my geez, are you kidding me? And it, it does feel, it does hurt. And I'm like, are you kidding? I, I am the most patient person out of, you're calling me that now. But anyway, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't it should. hurt if it's not based in anything, you know, that's, that's why I try not to get heated. If, if a comment is negative, Does you know, if, if someone is offering a, uh, constructive criticism, of course, um, you know, we, we got to get to Rudy Reyes. Rudy. Very excited to have Rudy on. I know there's probably listeners being like enough of this intro. I want to hear Rudy. <laughs> so, we're get, we're going to get to him. But, uh, before we do. This is awesome because we love what they do over there. Today's show is sponsored in part by Medieval Industries. They manufacture the only fully adjustable vertical foregrip and adjustable rifle grip on the market. The 360-degree VFG and ARG adjustable rifle grip now allows the weapon to adjust to the shooter as opposed to the shooter adjusting to the weapon. Whether you're hunting, shooting for sport, or challenging yourself in precision tactical shooting competitions, these unique adjustable grips will become a natural extension of your rifle. Medieval has expanded their product line to include a quick detach tripod, and most recently, you've heard us talk about Mm -hmm. a quick detach adjustable monopod. They've designed and engineered the necessary components to create a tactical shooting system and have integrated the QD tripod into their line of modular quick detach accessories. Now check this out. Medieval's newest setup, the Overwatch Commander, is an extremely stable shooting platform that's quickly and easily deployed in tight spaces. This new lightweight compact system is capable of what many heavier, larger tripods on the market can do and allows for widespread accessibility because of its small footprint. The entire system weighs just under six pounds and deploys in seconds. Medieval Industries is committed to providing all gun enthusiasts with precision-engineered, high-quality weapon accessories. All products are designed and developed with first-rate materials for strength and endurance. And I have to tell you, every time I talk to the creator of this company, the CEO, Steve, you want to talk about someone who is passionate about what they do. He he is so excited to tell you what they're up to and to say, hey, man, we got Navy SEALs using this stuff and Army <laughs> Rangers and guys like Chris. And they get back to me and they're like, I wish I thought of this. So I, you could tell that he believes in his stuff when he talks with that passion. Yeah. And, you know, I talked about last week about how Latinos are, are stepping up and continue to work. <laughs> Steve is. Steve's huge Latino and he's busting his ass out there every day to make his products better. And it, it, I admire him for that. He's all over the place getting it out there because it is a tremendous product. And those the uh, the Overwatch Commander, guys, it, it's a tremendous platform. It also has uh, detachable cuties, uh, cuties that you can pull off and, and actually can go from a the Overwatch Commander to a tripod, which is not a bipod mount, but it's an actual tripod where you can go to a prone position and utilize it that way. So when you get the Overwatch Commander, you're not just getting one piece; you're getting a uh, you're getting two separate shooting platforms. And um, no, guys, it's tremendous. If you're a target shooter from distance, you're a hunter, and then also for you for you DDMs, for you designated defensive marksmen, your snipers out there, guys, I would highly recommend you give it a try because uh, that Overwatch Commander is there's nothing out there like it. It's tremendous. It's one of the best pieces of equipment that I have uh, as far as uh, 
uh, accessories that go for my long range rifles. And I'm not a good long range shooter, but it makes me better because it, it gives me a tremendously stable platform. But also I have the ability to detach and come out with their little cutie tripod that is a part of that Overwatch command. So guys, give it a try. Check out Medieval and Steve's out there working his butt off to make sure that those within the community, whether it's law enforcement or military, have the best chance for success with his with his uh, with his equipment. So highly recommend it and give him a try and you'll see you'll see the difference when you get it as well, that it's it's revolutionary. Uh, and Steve's a tremendous individual. And yeah, man, viva la raza, my very good job, Steve. <laughs> tremendous job hustling out there and busting your ass during these times to make your product still successful, which it is. Absolutely. It's mid-evil.com. Go there now. He is revolutionizing the way that people are shooting. It's mid-evil.com. So joining us for the first time on the podcast, Rudy Reyes, Marine Recon combat vet, actor, speaker, played himself, of course, in HBO's Generation Kill, as well as various other acting roles. And he is a he is an IT, obviously IT guru with his computer and his phone. <laughs> he is a genius. Uh, <laughs> as I far was as you know. First, Chris. I was an I know. I know. And, that, and that was back in the day when our GPSs were bricks the with plugger. The, old, the pluggers the old plugger so, sorry and i had to say it i had to bust his no it's great. And it's it's an honor to have you on really because <laughs> I, I, we, we spoke you. about it no no we spoke about it during the intro before we brought you on but i think the thing that hopefully sets apart our podcast is just the positivity <clears throat> the positive yeah. mindset and as someone who's followed you you are someone who embodies that every single yeah. day you are someone just not reliving your glory years i could tell you were someone whether it's you with your girlfriend or you out and about yeah. you are making new memories and like as the you know uh, cliche saying goes living your best life so yeah great that. Well, you know what it's it's action oriented and you uh, you all brothers know yeah uh, what you get out of life is really what you put in and it's a pretty simple equation and we'll always be challenged and we'll always have hard times uh yeah. because life itself um you know jade and i were watching Life in Color, the David Attenborough yeah. nature series, right? All of the animals are fighting every day, fighting each other um, um, to, to establish where they stand in the tribe, fighting to get a mate, fighting for food. But still there's joy there. There's yeah. joy and, it, and there's beauty there. So we're always going to have our struggles. That's the beauty of life is because that steel will sharpen the steel and – Every time we go through a hard challenge, we uh, can reflect and and then become more confident, more competent, yeah. and more understanding. And Chris, I would think now that we're getting up in our in our middle age, uh, <laughs> yeah. right? just a little, a little bit, just a little a bit. bit. We talk about it. We talk about. It. I'm 24 years old, as far as you know, out there. Oh, oh <laughs> I think you're a what? Um, Negative three when you joined. I am ne- exactly, <laughs> exactly. I was, just, I was, I was the an embryo. I yes, was doing um, push flutter kicks in the mom, my mom's womb. Well, of course, it shows. I mean, low body fat, it shows. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, keep going. I, because I'm going to go down rabbit. So, um, uh, as we're older now, I think yeah. we're becoming more compassionate because we run, you know. I believe in our military experience and military service and leadership because it was always do or die. And it was for all the marbles. Yeah. There was no bandwidth yeah. for the compassion 
and there was no bandwidth really for uh, empathy. And we were never really sentimental, um, but we could be empathetic to um, host nations' needs as we were fighting in their lands. Yeah, yeah. Or and we could be empathetic to families' needs of our brothers that are next to us, but we're still continuing the mission. Well, you didn't have, you didn't have time. It was, it was, hey, okay. Time, all right. It's, it's like, Hey, and it's just like, you know, you go in the recon or you go stay at the regiment or you go into SF or any of those other, you know, you either, you either pass or fail. And when a guy falls off, even your best friend, if he doesn't make it, man, that sucks. Well, better luck next. You know, and then you got to move on to the next. Drive you, on, you, can't, you, can't, you can't stop and say, "Shit, that's terrible." Oh, it's awful. You got to like, you guys just let it go, and and you For don't sure. really learn. You're right. Till you get older and you start to slow down, do you have the chance to now take the time to be sympathetic? Because sure. It, sure. because it's yeah. no, keep going, bro. I, I got you. Especially I'm for like our, our kids or our woman. Yeah, uh, I I had a real hard time, uh, brother. When I first transi- transitioned out um, of understanding people people that love me, their emotional yeah. feelings and needs, uh, and they love me, I was not able to cross that bridge. Um, um, I was I had, yeah we had turned that off yeah. because it's just too slow. Yeah, and then after we are baptized by fire and uh, and also rewarded. Yeah. Uh, with our respect and status amongst our warrior brothers, uh, rank, um, yeah. team leader billets, uh, were rewarded for being uh, um, black and white, cut and dry, uh, go, no go, and we always drive on. Well, now that we're in our in the rest of our life out here, I'm I'm working on those other skills. I'm working on those skills, you know. Well, and you have to, you have to, and it, you know, I, because the world doesn't always operate. Well, it doesn't operate like that at, at all. Um, you know, there is some cutthroat when you get in the business world. I've seen that. You've seen sure. that just, just in, and I, I learned a lot from you because you had a lot of experience Thanks, within brother. this, within this public figure. I, you know, I always air quote that because I hate that freaking word. Sure. I hate that. Um, but you know, where we had to, we had to learn and that was baptism by fire just within itself, how to handle ourselves and where you couldn't just punch somebody in the face. If they, if they wronged you, you couldn't interesting, just. Interesting. You mentioned that. So uh, two days ago, I'm with my, my uh, Marine Corps <laughs> brother, Matt DeMeo, because I was just at Summerstone with Bert okay. Soren and all of our people. Um, and and uh, we had all our special operations people. We had Olympic gold medalists. We have NFLers, yeah. all of us, physical culture people where it is a very honor and respect oriented field, all of us. Right. And, um, and Maddie said, oh, oh, and so I was at this also a prestigious steeplechase with the governor of South Carolina. Okay. Uh, very powerful man and a beautiful man named general Tom Mulligan, a two star that is now on our board with force blue and uh, was a JAG officer and went to Ranger School because he had to. <laughs> he had to show yeah. respect. No, you and, have to. Um, and he had to. And to, the only way to get respect is to show respect. Yeah. And <clears throat> we were with some really wealthy people. It was with my beautiful hot lady Jade. And I had a couple <laughs> of my homies, and 
And, you know, there was a lot of haterade because we were looking so good and so happy. <laughs> well, you got, you got to tone down the red oh, sometimes. You got to tone it down, it's man. Possible. All right. You guys right. truly are. I mean, for people. I'm going to send you all some pictures offline after this. <laughs> I mean, that's just magnificent. I mean, people weren't even watching the races. They were watching us. You know? uh, like, and then man. And my, my ladies kissing me. And I was like, oh, time. I'm like. So, and um, I was going to say, just for people who follow you on social media, I mean, you guys truly are like that Spec Ops world power couple. Every, oh, your you. fans are are now fans of Jade. Yes, and vice versa. And just to put it out there, Jade is faster with a pistol than I am. So, you know, and my eye and 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 Chris, my eyes are freaking going. Brother. Dude, you got, my I'm, eyes are getting tired. You, you got to get the red dot on that pistol, dude. You're okay. going to have to break down. I'm telling okay. you, I have to do the same thing. We're getting uh, older. I'm you have to get the free. You've got to okay. get the freaking RMR on there, dude. I'm okay, telling very you. well. Very right. well, brother. Okay, very well. I mean, from, <laughs> from, from God's uh, uh, mouth to my ears, I got it. Uh, so yeah, we're there, and then this cat and brother, I'm think I'm looking sharp. I got a red bandana around my neck, uh, but I got a, a vast open, uh, a co- open uh, collared white shirt, tailored trousers, looking sharp, and this <laughs> this this chubby ass, sweaty, overweight, wealthy cat comes over and he calls me. Who do you think you are? Who are you, Zorro? And, and, you know, and it, yeah, is that even necessary? I hate that. Uh, is I that know. even necessary? Really? I know. And everyone's kind of suspicious because who are these rock stars coming <laughs> in to this very Southern, very established sure. old world thing? And my best friend, his name's Cable. You might have met him in New York. He was my stunt driver when I did a movie uh, and my body double uh, with Robert Rodriguez on Machete okay. Kills. He was also a supermodel, um, runway model, uh, and a pro v- beach volleyball player. Okay, uh, but he's gone and he's gone on to Nepal to work on his yoga sure. and work on his spirituality because that world can be quite vacuous. Oh yes, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And I bring him out. He's wearing a blue dashiki straight from Kenya. <laughs> Everyone's dressed up in their linen suits, dog. I'm sending you pictures of this after. You guys are going to see what I said. Blue dashiki, these amazing sunglasses, harem pants, MC Hammer pants, because it's hot. And so it's, <laughs> Wait, it's Jade Strzok. Well, yeah, that did. fine as hell, bit midriff showing, you know, abs <laughs> popping. And, and you got me over here, the Latin lover. You got Cable Gibbs. And uh, so he comes over, and I've had a couple of drinks, and I've, I've been so uh, kind and respectful to everybody, and he starts calling names. Oh, and I'm with AGRS, brother. Um, okay. Um, his name's Lowell, uh, and he works at a high level. And, and actually, sure. he's out there in, in uh, Libya yeah. and has been there a few times uh, with a dear brother. I won't say last name. a dear brother. My name's Sonny, a yeah. recon brother. Hard dude. All, all the brothers still hard. And and then I've got a retired cat guy there. Sweet gentleman. All of us are sweet gentlemen. But it rubbed me the wrong way, and um, I just snapped. I said, who the fuck are you, motherfucker? You fat fuck. Let's go outside. Fuck your ass up. You're a fucking name. Disgusting fat body. It's the red, dude. You got to stop wearing the red. The red makes you that. I'm telling you. And then so Maddie DeMeo and my my seal brother, the happy seal brother, who's also a savage, Jeff Gum, always smiling from Pennsylvania, 
But you know, we all have that that uh, thin red line, baby. The, the and, switch uh, is on, as we say. Yeah, yeah the switch. Daddy DeMeo says, Rudy, you know what? Maybe we need to bring back punching motherfuckers. It's It's like sometimes the best problems will be solved by punching somebody in the For face. sure, because then a lesson is learned. A lesson it, it does. Is learned. And every t- I don't know how many, I, you know, I haven't been in a ton of fights. I've been in a couple, but you always do become, when we used to, especially high school, you used to get in the fight. You became friends. Huh? It was. It was the Absolutely. funniest thing. After the Even fight was in over. grade school. Yeah. You know. You know what? I'm sure this is similar in your ranger community. We yeah. called it. We called it uh, going to the tree line. So if there was an issue between even if it was of different ranks, you could go to the tree line. The rank comes off, and you squabble it out. It rarely happened because mostly, yeah. 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 when somebody did said, "Let's go to the, the tree line." Discipline was restored right there. Sure. And then if it did have to go, it was handled in-house. And after that, both men had more respect, uh, win yeah. or lose, and it was yeah. handled. And ours was, ours was called ours was going in the squad room. You go in the squad room and you cl- and you close the door. Yes, and, and that and, and that's where it was handled. And but like 99% of the time, it was a lot of posturing, but then it was really gonna happen. It, both guys are like, you know what? But getting punched in the face hurts. Maybe we should work yeah. this shit, shit yeah. out. Or is my yeah. attitude really yeah. worth me fighting for? Yeah. Or is it my attitude because I'm a bad badass and I'm kind of bucking? Or am I just having a, a bad? Bit? Or am I just having a bad day and I That's said something right. I should I shouldn't have we said? Check and, ourselves. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. check ourselves, but if occasionally it goes there, oh, and then you know, every time we're doing hand to hand or combatives. The studs, we end up fighting, and then it gets fired up, and it does, and it's always competitive. Yet yeah, it's these subtle mock combats, whether it's com- competition on the run, competition on the swim, com- com- competition on the mat, competition on your calm shots, and how shit hot you're running. Your- <laughs> Even your training ops, your patrol. Yeah, yeah. We kind of establish where we stand, and there's uh, there's very little friction, very little friction. Now yeah. out here in this world. It is a freaking free for all, brother. Well, and so because anybody nowadays, because of social media, because and you see it just like I do, the trolls out. Anybody can get away with anything anymore because there are no repercussions. There's no more punches in the face. That's There's right. And accountability, and I and I know I know I've had a hard time with it, um, especially since I've been seeing my beautiful baby uh, Jade. She's um, uh, why don't you have her kick? Her? Well, and she could, did she could kick both of our oh, she's Why don't you have her? Like, why don't you have her? Wait, how, if, <laughs> if I get so now, here, she's how, ready to go, brother. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's the one that gets really, really defensive. But, um, how, how, wait, how did that conclude though? After you called the guy out, what happened? Um, well, um, he peed his pants, he peed his pants a little bit. <laughs> it, it, I'm sure it was if you're in a group of that group and when you get now if you guys were 30 somethings 30 year olds it probably would have ended up in a fight when you get to yes. the 50 year old it's it, it does it gets remedied very rarely yes. 50 year olds if there's going to be a punch it's going to be right off the bat it's like all yes. right but, and yes. then but I, I'm the same I, I don't I, so I don't even try to put myself in those situations you're that's right. why I rarely wear red I'm telling you it's the red I've been telling you this for years it's I the fucking you. red but I love red so I know you got it, you got it. <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know it, it, right. it does well, you've got that olive skin tone Chris it does look good dude it, it looks good it does but, thank you but, thank, uh, and you know, you're right Chris remember when we first hung way back 
It was. And you were doing a talk and, and you know, you were, you're adored brother. You're adored and you have every right to be adored. Dude, I was, I was having issues then, man. I know. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And, and how you're being received is for being a hero. Yet, you know, yet we've done some, some pretty heroic, badass shit. But, but, but we're not here. We did our jobs. I never, yeah, I don't, I don't. We didn't know we were doing special. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, we, we were just giving everything we had to fight and, and yeah. kill the enemy and live. Yeah. Right. And we might've done a few little, <laughs> like to me, you know, the biggest shit hot thing, one of the biggest shit hot things I've done. And I, I freaking, um, I set up, a, I, I climbed a bridge uh, in the cover of darkness, yeah, yeah, set it up with explosives, <laughs> blew it up, and the enemies are coming over the morning. I've done some hoo ya shit, right? Some fucking badass inserts, extracts, sniper missions. Sure. I'll tell you what I thought the most intelligent thing I ever did was this. Simply, on the invasion, we were being, uh, we went through a city. We were uh, um, set up on massive ambush. We chop our way through the city at speed. We're getting through a T. Intersection and the vehicle in front of me, we're all shot the hell up. But there's it's a berm and it's all Sopka. So the vehicle I see in front starts to sink after yeah, yeah. it. And so I hook the wheels. So I, I kind of skirt the berm instead of going into the Sopka and sinking the vehicle. Yeah. Now we got to pull this thing out and we're in the middle of freaking combat, right? I'm a I'm a shitty driver compared to the red, my redneck team leaders from North Carolina. He says you don't got a hair on your ass if you can't freaking back up a freaking uh, a semi and trail. I mean, this guy's a true yeah. redneck genius, right? Yeah. So he can he can do this shit. I'm in charge of doing it because I'm the assistant team leader. But he's like, Rudy, get on out. I can drive. Okay. So my next job is to establish security. So they're shooting over the berm. It's pandemonium in the ring. So I take my uh, my uh, point man and my radio man. We're all recon men. I said, come with me. We're running to the berm. We run into the berm and the shooting. So now we're weasel walking. Now we're getting closer. Now we're crawling. And now we're low crawling because they're right across the street. Sure. sure. <laughs> Fuck, right? And, and, and a couple moments, I'm like, well, this is it. And, but still driving on, we get to the top. Yeah. Right before we lay fire into them, I tell Chafin, watch from 9 o'clock. And, um, and Budweiser, uh, yeah. watch yeah. from 3 o'clock. I have the wherewithal. To say, just watch, just watch, because because I didn't want us to get flanked or shot uh, shot on the flank. Oh, and I was scared to death. I was scared to death. We all were facing fire, just thirty feet away. Um, but I knew my job was to make sure our flanks were supported before we poured fire. That's the be- and that's that's the beauty of 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 when you actually can think and calm yourself down. I tell people this when we do our talks. I've been able to now that when you're actually able to think in combat because people think it becomes a tunnel vision. No, if you want to be good at it and successful, it doesn't become a tunnel vision. You have to expand and then oh expand. and and, and, and how, how beautiful is it when you're it able is. to do that it's so freaking gorgeous because you remember that and that's what sticks with you it's not the shooting it's no and i gotta see right i gotta tell the guys i saw Isn't and i know great? you i know you saw a move i know you saw what they look like yes. and it's just like wow that that's what sticks with you is like holy shit it's almost like you you, you were you were tested 
And, you know, everybody wants to be, all us males, alpha males, we got to be tested. Can we accomplish our goal in the test? And everybody thinks that's shooting back. It's going into the building. It's not. It's the test to me is, can I actually think when all this shit's going on? And that's what. You're so right. And it's beautiful. You're exactly right. It is beautiful. It is what sticks with this because it is almost outside of time. Yeah. It's outside of uh, our our human desire to run and hide <laughs> or, or, or human desire to just eat the face. Cause both yep. are there and we have always honed eating the faces, but to become professional enough, it, it is an art. It is an art and it's not, didn't happen overnight. Chris. No, I, it doesn't. I had no. to go to combat no. a lot yeah. of times and tons of training. Yeah. And how about the shamed when I fucked shit up? And yeah. Training? Yeah. The shame it's, helps. It's it an does. art brother. It's an <laughs> art. And when it, it and when you do it, you'll never forget it. And that's the most glorious thing I've ever done is not the glory shit. It is that I had the wherewithal and the respect to my men and the respect for the, my men that have to drag that Humvee out. And we still got to uh-huh. go all the way to Baghdad into crit. And uh, none of us know if we're going to get out of here alive, but at least I'm going to hold my sector and do it the right way. And do you right. You stayed in your lane, which is what that's, that's part of thinking. And that sometimes that's it that. is just staying in the lane. And that's why when I talk to corporations, I say veterans that have been tested in combat, especially in the special operations community, whether it's Rangers, Raiders, which is Marsaka, PJ. So those are the people you want because they're able to think under duress. Yes. And they're and I say it's not instinctive. There's no, no such thing as instinctive because that means your brain's not working. You want That's people right. that are able to think. Yes, you do habit forming movements. Yes, habitual stuff comes because of our training. Stuff I've done over and over and over and over again. I'm still thinking of it, but mentally I'm, it's so quick. I think, wow, it must be instinctive. No, I've done it a hundred times. But when you're actually able to slow it all down and say, I got to do this. I got to do this. Okay, let's sure. make it happen, which is what you and did. it's almost outside of time because I bet yeah. if somebody hit a stopwatch and was watching this from the outside – it would uh, appear instantaneous. Yes, like five. I was gonna say, probably happened in two seconds. Go that yeah, way brother. Yeah, 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 brother. I mean, when you were fighting your heavy one in Benghazi, there was things yeah. chaos happened everywhere, and uh, I imagine, and from you yeah, speaking yeah. to me, you were just going through. You were just going through the motions. You were going. Um, you were just doing it by the numbers. Just, hey, what do we do? What do we do here? What do we yeah, do? And, just, and, and communicating. Communication yes, is and on the outside, it looked like a Jedi. On the outside, <laughs> that is what a Jedi is. On the outside, it appears magical and beautiful, but really, it, it is uh, we are embracing our, yeah. our skills, training, intellect, physicality, and not being so scared because when we get too scared that we're going to die yeah. or we yeah. attach too much to our life in that moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now we're in the reactive state and we're in the fear state, right? Yep, yep. No, you're exactly right. The, the, I, I try to talk to people when I, when I say, hey, that adrenaline is there. Sure, it's adrenaline, oh, yeah. fight or flight. It's always going to be there. And I'm not telling you not to care about your life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying just you go into the mode where you just do your job. And, you know, you don't worry about the, When you start worrying about dying, that's when things go south. For sure. That's when the, the SOP is there for a reason, brother. That's why we call them SOP. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they really yeah. there for a reason. <laughs> and and your outfit, the Ranger outfit, and our, yeah. our recon outfit, we go way, way back. What we did in World War II in Vietnam. Yeah. What we right? I mean, yeah. there's so much rich history of real badasses. Yeah. And that's another thing, Ian. If anybody out there, um, just to remind them, the cultures in our modern special operations world. Holy moly, we we think back to the, 
the brothers that, that brought us here. What do you think and the Revolutionary not, War? You think of oh, Francis sure. Mar Francis Murray and the SWAT, you know, the SWAT talks sure. and, and and that you know, back back in those, that's where the lineage Field starts craft. there. Yeah. Fieldcraft, hardness. There was no Vibram boots back no. then. There was there was no there was no uh, uh, Gatorade powder. There was no there's, creatine, baby. There's no Gore-Tex. Nothing like you that. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Hey, Rudy, I'm, I'm wondering yeah. with that, though, how did how did your journey, I guess you'd say, into yeah. special operations start? Are you one of those kids who from the moment you were, you know, in first grade said, I want to be a Marine or how did, how did it all start? A lot, a lot of people don't know. They know the generation kill Rudy on. They know that. Yeah. But they don't know basic training, Rudy. I mean, I, Antonio, your buddy Antonio, when he was GRS, yeah, it's yeah, well, he told me a little bit, uh, but yes. but that, that was when he was a GR, doing the GRS thing. But uh, but I think our listeners, because nobody's really heard that about that, and I think they want to know, especially our young. We get a lot of young listeners that want to join. Yeah, and yes. man, I they, I love them to hear that story of where you, you it, started, bro. what decided, and then basic a basic training story, dude, or your whole basic training. I yeah, nobody knows that, man. Well, you know, okay. My father, I have two fathers. Um, the man that gave me his name, Rudy Reyes Sr. Uh, he was a devil dog in Vietnam and, and he's passed. And then my biological father was also a Marine hmm. and his name's um, Hector uh, or Gustavo de la Yata and a Spaniard. Um, he came from a wealthy family and he uh, was running from a tyrant father in Mexico. They're land barons. Um, I just found my family for the first time after the success of Generation Kill. I had some money and confidence that maybe I'd be received because uh, I never met my biological father. I went to meet the De La Yatas and uh, my sister's a medical doctor. I got a young, beautiful sister. Wow. My cousin is the district attorney of Austin, Texas. Um, his father is a professor of Latin and uh, psychology at the University of Texas. He's a Pretty intelligent, powerful people. But my father, but they're all Mexican by, yeah. uh, by way of Spain. They're just, uh, Chris, they're just as fair as us or yeah. even more fair than we are, right? Yeah. In Spain. Well, they're, they're Basque. You get the Spaniards yes. that are Basque like my father. He, he looks Italian. He's so, so, so. For sure. That's why you and I, you know, I get, yeah. I get yeah. compliments oftentimes that, that I look like you or that we're brothers. Uh, I do, right? <laughs> well, I, I it, it's, it, yeah, it, it's because of our sexiness, though. I, okay, yes. It comes from Spain. It's, it's the, it's the olive Europe. skin. It's this. It's this. It, it doesn't age. We don't man. age. We age very like fine wine, baby. Like fine wine. So, <laughs> so I, uh, I grew up kind of uh, tough. Um, my father, both fathers, uh, had some pretty extreme PTSD. Uh, De La Yata did two tours. My father, my real father is Rudy Reyes. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he, after he came back, he immediately got into law enforcement. Actually, no, I think first he was scrubbing out grain sure. elevators. Wow. Um, uh, you know, hard work on the border. And yeah. they're all from the border of Texas. Yeah. Mexico. Yep. My mother was young and beautiful, but uh, a traditional Mexican woman, meaning you cook, you clean, you look good for your man, and that's it. Yep. So, uh, it didn't work out and my mother got involved in, in the, in, you know, it was the early seventies, got involved in the drug world. And, um, and then we started moving around myself and my two brothers and slowly, but surely we were left here or left there. 
and uh, ultimately we raised the Omaha Home for Boys. On Did you? I didn't know that. No yeah, shit. Here, here in Omaha. No, I, I, yeah. I live right by it. It's right, okay, it's right down the road. That's, it's, it's still 52nd it's and It's doing it's, really it's, good. I was there. Yeah. I was the keynote speaker for the 100-year anniversary. And, wow. No uh, shit. That's yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you to Omaha Home for Boys. They gave me a wrestling program. They gave me weights. They gave me food. Yeah. I was. We were very sick when we got there. We, we all had worms and lice. Uh, I had hepatitis because we were wow. living in, in filth. Yeah. We were living in third wow. world African filth. Right? Wow. Uh, so we were taken by the state. We got medicine. We got haircuts. We got pride. Um, and uh, and uh, I excelled as a wrestler. And that's what drove me into continue to do sports and martial arts. But when I was a little boy, I saw First Blood. When I saw John Rambo, <laughs> uh, I just I just knew then. It, do you remember when he uh, unscrews yeah, his yeah. knife and, and he's using the compass and, yeah, and, and yeah. immediately goes into the E and E and then Sear and yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought this is an example of a man that can overcome and is capable because we were so poor and thrown around foster care and here or there. I, I didn't feel capable at all. I didn't know where my next meal was going to be. I didn't, there was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of neglect. So immediately I connected to, to John Rambo and always in my mind. And, and, and of course I read comic books and I was mm -hmm. an athlete. So I built my body and my mind to be strong. Uh, and I was a kickboxer and a martial artist. At, but I was not mean yet, brother. I was not mean. Yeah. You don't become yeah. really hard to, to war and yeah. military. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the word on the street was that we had to go fight in Kosovo. And I saw a documentary of orphans in Kosovo, uh, in the sniper alleys, all the adults are dead and the little kids are fast enough to not get killed. And they're hiding out in this, in this old warehouse with a few civilians and NGOs trying to freaking take care of these kids in the middle of war. Yeah. And right there, it, it was an emotional hit to me because it brought me back to my childhood. Okay. I said, I am an able-bodied man, and we're going to go fight Kosovo. I'm going to do my duty. So you were 17 or 18 at that point? Were you getting out of high school? 26. Oh, you're 20? Okay, shit. I was wow. already a kickboxer. Wow. Okay. wow. I, um, I, I was heavy into my Zen Buddhism. Um, I was vegetarian. Uh, I, I just would – I imagined I would do – continue to compete kickboxing until I got old, so old that I would teach. I just love doing martial arts and having a simple life. And, uh, and I was an illustrator. I would work uh, uh, different commercial art jobs, but uh, that emotion of those kids. And then the idea that we got to go fight for people that can't fight for themselves. I thought of my dad and I joined the Marine Corps as an infantryman and um and no good deed goes unpunished in the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you're and you're an old and you're an old fart because I went through oh, I guess. I 25. I yeah, guess, yeah. You, you and I wish we could be 26 again. I know. I'm like shit. a 26 year old now, and I'm like, look at this kid. Look at this kid. <laughs> and so I go there, and I am, uh, and I'm the honor grad and Iron Man of boot camp, sure. and then SOI. And, and again, so as you, I got meritoriously promoted. Awesome. So they, they put me on guard duty. I'm the best of like speaking 600 guys. And now I'm running guard duty. And if any of you know about the Marine Corps, there's a, there's Camp Porno and Camp Pendleton. They're the most disciplined 
anal retentive freaking hater ray square the fuck <laughs> if you do not have a freaking high and tight or horseshoe you're out of regs you better have that freaking uh, your shave needs to be so clean every day you yeah. better have yeah. some, some blood on your face and um i mean it's squared away and by the way and, and that's where uh, anthony's from that's where okay. square yep. that's gotcha. where yep. squared the fuck away yep. also very little creativity and life sucks. So they put me there on guard duty to do relief and ex and, and uh, sure. uh, guard relief and run the guard shack. I'm there for about two months in a squad bay. They got a pull-up bar and I'm doing calisthenics. I, I'm not even seeing the sun because there's always some young Marine running to freaking Mexico. Or something. <laughs> we got to go get the guys. I mean, brother, it's rough. And, and, I, and I thought to myself when I looked in the mirror, at my freaking super high and tight haircut. I'm like, another fine mess you got yourself into this time, Rudy This is how it's going to be for four years at least. Give you just And I said, very well. Remember, we used to have the tan. Yeah. Our, our freaking rolled up sleeves here and a tan here down and white all around. White. Like yep. So uh, I did so well. The corporal of the guard, recon was coming through Horno to run their end dock. Okay. He put my name up. And um, and I didn't know how to swim. Named <laughs> shame. Yeah, everybody thought it. All the young Marines thought, you know, they still called me guide because I was the guide at boot camp. Guy can do it. Guy's gonna go recon. I didn't know how to swim. I was embarrassed. <laughs> I I hid in the squad bay in the back of the, the, the barracks. <laughs> and with a big leap of faith, I said, "Fuck!" Everybody's. Believes I can do it. I'm scared to death. I'm going to give it everything I got, but I'm probably going to drown in the swimming pool. <laughs> and, um, and I was so dominant, Chris. I was so dominant on the run. 300 PFT, so my sure. uh, yeah. uh, pulls and, and crunches, and my run was 1720. Yeah, Then we went through the, uh, we the uh, O course three times, and yeah. then we're doing exercises and boots and utes. And every, every time you go through it, of the three – the slowest is done. The slowest yeah. is up. Now we put on our freaking 70 pound rock and it's an eight mile run, a trail yep. run, right? Yep. There's a pool. I was so dominant. I got to the pool 20 or 30 minutes before the next guy. And these are seasoned grunts. These are seasoned snipers. Yeah. These are brothers that have been to Ranger and got their jump. Yeah. 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 Trying to get to recon. Been in the core eight years or so. And I've been in the core five months. Yeah. And, um, and they can all tell I'm boot as fuck. <laughs> um, uh, they, they called me forever Lance Corporal happy to be here because I was uh, so standing by having, uh, having my soul freaking ripped apart looking at the water and looking at the real swimmers how, 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 how far how far do you have to swim for the for the end oh my gosh the abandoned ship uh, drill off the top uh, with your uh, uh, boots and utes and, and rifle, then tread freaking yep. 20 minutes. I didn't know how to tread. I was kicking this way. I was kicking like this. Ah! And then, and then uh, uh, <laughs> and they grabbed the rubber bit brick and it's got to stay out of the water. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Except, brother, I was under the water the whole time. I, couldn't, I mean, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. So, uh, and then you're a 500 meter uh, a time swim in camis. I never swam in camis. Playing around in a freaking swimming pool and looking at chicks is not swimming. No. All right. Yeah. So I've <laughs> really been swimming. 
and right, you and you got and you got your boots and ears, and people realize how much that water that weighs a lot when it gets oh, wet. Have mercy, it weighs you down. And stats like us were muscular and lean. I had no and buoyancy. It, it, it yeah, no buoyancy. So I just kept it. I kept trying to go harder, which means I'm going slower. This means you're tightening up, and you, when you yeah, tighten up right? in the pool, you start to sink even more. Oh, brother, like, yeah, was, you, yeah. At that time, brother, it was the hardest thing I'd ever been through. I've been through hard. I've been through. Uh, uh, survival situations on the street since a kid i've been through the boys home and fighting i've been through so much but at that moment that water was so difficult and after we do all of that stuff we have to tread for half an hour and that's the hardest oh, thing i've yeah. ever done in life at that time and then you got the recon guys and fins and freaking masks sharking you sharking and, you have uh, yeah. and i'm starting to cramp everywhere you know i'm cramping yeah. uh, <laughs> So, and then they got a fire hose and they're hitting you and you're yeah. trying to breathe up top. <laughs> so we finally get out of that bad bear. I survived. And a lot of guys, brother, I swear to you, I swear to you, Ian, Chris, there was some Marines holding so hard onto the side of the pool. I swear their fucking fingerprints are wow. in the water. Yeah. The yeah. They would not get the, yeah. the shark for trying to get them back in the water. No! No! Bro. <laughs> Uh, like one of Dante Inferno's planes of hell, bro. But but it does do it does that water does that to you. I, it, when you if you're and if you can't stay relaxed in that shit For and you start sure. to sink and then you take that first gulp, if you oh, don't tell yourself, okay, I'm gonna have to drink water, and you yes. take that first gulp thinking that that's how I got through all my swimming, the pre scuba, the water yeah. filtration. I I hated it. But I just, okay, I'm going to have to drink water. If I, I was just drinking water. Just drink the water. I'm here to drink water. That's if you don't get that attitude, absolutely. Brother, I was new at it. Even the water in my face, I was freaking out. So now I make it through the water. I get out. Now we got to do a six, seven mile run, but we're slick. I sure. whoop all that ass again. Yeah. So, um, and you know, imagine when we were instructors, Chris, um, when we were instructors, we saw potential in our yeah. students and if they had the mat raw material even if they didn't know what the what the hell they were doing yeah. we know yeah. that they are going to be with training an asset to our unit yeah yeah so um my my uh cadre and leader of the whole thing his name is roger sparks okay and yeah. he was a recon daddy and a ranger from the old days and he then went to pararescue, I think, at 33 or 34. Wow. And um, their, their, their in-dock program is nothing but uh, Olympian water. No, it, it, it's tough. The, uh, people think pararescue. We give the PJs and this Air Force Circle, but they, they have, I'll be out of everybody, I think, I've, and I have their booklet. I should train on their booklet because I thought it was so tough. The pararescue combat. I think they have the toughest in-dock out of all of I them. Agree, I, 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 I agree, brother. I have to say. It's an Olympian swim program. It is. And so for that reason, it's mostly 18 to 25-year-old yeah, Olympian yeah. swimmers that do it. Roger went in there already as a grunt, as a ranger, and recon daddy, um, 33, which is ancient, 34. And um, <laughs> he he's, was the honor grad. Wow. these records. And now Roger is the um, – He's the highest decorated pararescue man of all time. He fought in a fight uh, in Afghanistan for uh, the 101st Airborne and went in there and shot and saved eight brothers. We got to get him on the show. Him, he's spiritual. Oh. He, he oh, that's awesome. Me, created me, and he's eating an apple as I'm coming across 
the freaking finish line. And, he's, and he always says, hey, big daddy, good effort. <laughs> Absolutely a savage. And, and he's six foot 10 or six foot 11 <laughs> with nothing but chest. Yeah, yeah. Just chest, chin, and chest. <laughs> chest for rest, big daddy. Anyway, you're going to love this, man. You're going you're gonna to see so much of him in me when you meet the man. Uh, and now he's my uh, my teammate on Force Blue, the real tall PJ. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen pictures where you post. There. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I'll gotcha. tell you guys in. I'll tell you guys in. So um, BRC, which is the East Co- or West Coast school, was all slotted up. So I had to go to the East Coast, which is Amphibious Reconnaissance School. It was the first one. It was old. It used to be a Recondo school. And both Army and Recon used to go there back in the Vietnam era. And, uh, and I go to school there three and a half months being the boot of the boot. Never. I had no field crap, Chris. I didn't. I had to learn everything there. All my knots, I, everything. I had to learn everything. Wow. Everything. And it was a steep learning cur- curve. Yeah. yeah. All you young men out there that want to be commandos, all you young men out there, let me tell you what. Number one is you're never going to be able to prepare enough. You're never going to be able to prepare enough. It's going to push you further than you've ever imagined. And some things that uh, that you can't comprehend yet will, will test you. Um, so far, it will take everything you have. But the bottom line is be extremely physically fit. Yeah. And that means mentally fit. If you're extremely physically fit, sometimes your body will overcome things because your brain is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your brain is going to be gone sometimes. when you. Uh, I think you all do a similar thing, a patrol phase where you guys are up for a week. Run oh, missions, yeah, not yeah. just playing games, not just doing PT. I mean, running missions during the day. You're planning in a swamp. We do it, in, and then everybody's yeah, yeah. on a knee with the freaking ruck on their back, and then we're uh, executing in the evening, and then a final E and E after that, and get freaking tear gas. And um, there's going to be times when you're going to see Native Americans. And- no, I, I used to see I used to see monkeys in the trees from The Wizard of Oz. I had our, our Native American brothers, our spirit, my spirit guides, and they, were, <laughs> and they were helping me control through the woods. And then sometimes I saw the aliens come down. Uh, I mean, and, then, and by the way, this is the norm because it's like I've heard yeah. Nick Irving talk about the same it thing. Is. It, it, it is. Because the, 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 brain, the brain checks out. The brain, the brain checks out. Oh, yep. you got so much bandwidth. But if you extremely <laughs> fit your your body's got a brain too. It does not want to die. Yeah. And if your character is correct, you will not quit as long as you will not quit and your body won't die because it wants to live and you're strong. You're going to make it. So stay physically fit. Spot on. That, right? spot, that is spot. I guys tell you, your brain will always quit before your yep. body. And that I, that's happened and so many times. If your character is good, if your heart is there and you will not give up, then that's fine. You don't even need your brain for this shit for a while, right? <laughs> you know, it's like your brain's checked in. But yeah, it, it's, it's so true. And, and so uh, and so when Tony met me, uh, Espera, uh, we were on the Mew together okay. um, in 2001, 15th Mew. Uh, we didn't know the towers were going to get hit, but we were doing some counter-drug and counter-poaching stuff with the Australians in Darwin and then going to do a a, a, a uh, humanitarian mission in Timor and the towers were hit. It's a battalion of grunts. Uh, Espera, I think was a squad leader. Okay. Uh, I was a junior man in my five man team, platoon of recon men, a platoon of 
uh, SEALs. So that's 20 men each, uh, a battalion of, uh, of grunts, probably altogether 200. Uh, and then we had a, a MAGTAF, Marine Air Ground Task Force. So we had rotary wing, jump jets, and arty. And uh, brother, the freaking sirens start going off on the mesh stack. I'm watching the tower, the second tower get hit. And, you know, a lot of our sailors are from New York, our Puerto Ricans, okay. our Iraq uh, brothers and Puerto Rican brothers. A lot of sailors out of New York, right? Uh, Dominican. And I'm seeing the brothers breaking down and crying. In my mind, again, that brain thing. All I can think of, it must be Jerusalem or Tel Aviv because this doesn't happen to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Even though it was obvious they were the twin towers, yeah. But yeah. my brain, I, I was, I was just thinking, like in slow motion, you know, I was praying for the Jews, and and then it starts coming, you know, starts really yeah. stepping yeah. in, and then over the loudspeaker, they're calling for recon and and seals to get to the well deck, uh, so we can start drawing our bang and our sure, sure. fills for our radios, and and then so we all went to go fight in Pakistan first, and those grunts. Sparrow and his platoon commander, uh, Nathan Fick, um, they were our grunts. Nathan Fick would later become my platoon commander, our, our platoon commander for the Iraq. Uh, amazing man. Um, those grunts live hard, brother. And we can't say enough about our Army and Marine Corps infantry. They live so hard, and we are blessed that we had uh, – we excelled in the time we did so we could go to shit hot units with with great assets and um and great uh responsibilities so that we really lived big boy rules and yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was all it was almost we were living like like you know warlords of course we always respected the team of the platoon um but the they they lived in spider holes in 120 degree heat where and we're, we're rocking and rolling doing counter-recon, counter-sniper patrols in um, uh, Pakistan, this place called Jacobabad, where the sewage table was higher than the land because this is the airstrips. We had to bring everybody in um, to get all our assets to jump, jump jet over and hit uh, Afghanistan and then take Kandahar. So these men are living in sewage, in, in human excrement, that's seeping into the holes. They never complain. Yeah, they never yeah. complain. Thick is walking his lines every day, every night, making sure everybody's t- tied in. Uh, they're always in full uh, uh, flat Kevlar. No, they're in full, full rattle battle. Always full rattle battle. Always, always yeah. brother. And, yeah. and then here we are. We've got longer hair. We're living in a, in a nice uh, um, hangar. We've got... We get to clean ourselves now and again. These brothers did not. And uh, we made close friends with a few of them uh, that later became recon Marines. Some of them now uh, just retired out of CAG. So they went on to do other things, either in the Green Berets uh, or pararescue. And they were all just strong infantrymen. Uh, Then we went to go fight in Afghanistan and take Kandahar. And those out there, Kandahar is the, Farsi name for Alexander because that's as far north as Alexander the Great guy. Gotcha. So, brother, it was so historic, all this stuff we're doing. Um, but I was too engaged and busy with my with my triple in triplicate acetate overlays I had to fucking <laughs> <use. laughs> for my on-call targets. 
it was yeah, it's the way it was back then. We were still. I remember. Uh, um, you, remember, know, you know, you're building, you're building them. I remember I used to get an MRE box and get my acetate overlays. And I would, I would hundred mile an hour tape with a hundred mile an hour box on there. And I would draw, I still have my original one. I still have it saved. That's and, so, uh, and, that's some of my old map studies and some of my old oh, acetates myself, brother. Isn't oh, wow. that more? I bet you these young kids don't even know what we're talking about. They don't even know. They probably, they probably get it on their phone, beep, 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 and it like That's pops up. Like a tablet like a, or something <laughs> like that. It was so incredible. And and uh, and after taking Kandahar and fighting and back home, the, um, I didn't see this video until 13 months later when I finally got back home. But with the, um, the, the tangos, the terrorists, and the Al-Qaeda guys doing the monkey bars, and yeah. Yeah. he hit that training camp. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I didn't. Wow. I didn't get. Remember, we were getting like TS stuff, yeah, and yeah. and they kept the news the fuck away from us, and we were so busy with what we were doing, sure. as you know, coordinating great army units. Uh, CAG was there, uh, Damnick and uh, Aussie SAS, and yeah, nobody yeah. talks about them. They are a fantastic. They are. Group. They're tremendous. Yeah. They really yeah. are, brother. Uh, you got. I know a few, by the way, in and uh, Chris. I know a few. Uh, brothers now out of service that are SAS, uh, Aussie SAS, and some uh, Brit SAS, SBS guys. I know you would love to have them on. No, they're tremendous. Yeah, no, we, we definitely, we love having the international guys on. We were just talking about, we'll probably get into it later, but like we're sure. trying to get Rob Furlong on, who, you know, up until 2009 held that record for the longest sniper shot. Oh, yeah. Um, is he the he brother that's out of uh, Canada? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We we were looking like three, I believe, out of the five top snipers, Canadians. Um, yes. But you know what I was going to say? What you were saying earlier about the mentality of when nine eleven happened is is really relatable to me, even as a guy who never served. In that, you know, I live right here on Long Island. I was at the okay. top of the tower in my high school when the attacks happened. We were able to see the smoke from the towers and. The same thing that you're saying when we got this announcement that the towers have been flown into, the immediate reaction was actually like, what was the pilot drunk? What a dumbass. Because yeah. no one thought, I yeah. think the younger listeners, like the listeners in their early 20s, the listeners who were 18, they, they don't realize that mentality in America that pre 9-11, no one thought of terrorism here. It wasn't no. even on anyone's mind. No, 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 unless it was homegrown with the Oklahoma City bombing, yeah. with the Kaczynski's, okay. we 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 were we were protected, we were untouchable. We we but we took a sense of complacency, Absolutely. which we shouldn't have yeah. because we we could have avoided it because we had all the warning signs prior yeah. to taking yeah. out Osama bin Laden early, which which yeah. we could have in Africa. Complacency kills. You're exactly right, brother. And 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 you know, Chris, you you, you did. Uh, you were in it with a shit hot unit, and then went on to do the even um, more amorphous. Well, that and talking about the SBS, SBS guys, those were uh, my mentor. Indigir was an S brother. was an SBS. Yeah, he They're was awesome. He, dudes. he he was. It, dudes. Yep, yep. And and now when we go to <laughs> I work for, I went to work for state and and was doing GATA Global Anti Terrorist Assistance sure. Program. Yeah, yeah. In East Africa, a lot of army dogs there too with me and. Uh, once we got out of the traditional military and into this nebulous sure. uh, geopolitical, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, uh, political financial world, yeah. which is really where war starts and ends, really. Yeah. It does. And, uh, and we're see we start to experience all uh, 
all of these factors in how complex the world is and how complex, um, how difficult it is for a good man to stay good because yeah. now you have to uh, compromise. Yeah. Sometimes you have to compromise and it's, and it hurts. Sometimes you compromise things you don't want to compromise and, uh, and, or you hold the line and then people will turn their back on you. It's well, that's, a very yeah. strange world out there. And I remember, Chris, there was a man, there was a brother that looked just like you. And I always wondered if it was you because he was. I think we talked yeah. about it before. You, you made, yeah. I remember us talking about it I was in Kandahar. I was still the happiest recovering the other So happy. <laughs> combat, pandemonium in the ring. Still, I've got a shit hot M4. I get the booty <laughs> coming out. I can wear black PT gear. And I'm out, out around the side of the hangar with a little washcloth, washing up, cleaning my weapon. And a, a brother that looks just like you, uh, goatee, uh, gray, gray goatee, chiseled face, and nice, nice sunglasses. Um, and he was wearing civilian clothes, but they looked sharp. And it was obvious by his posture and his... Uh, and his bearing, he was a military man. Sure, but uh, but now, but now he's he was probably GRS or somebody like this, right? or gra- probably and ground branch or SAD. probably ground branch or somebody like that. And his weapon system had optics that I had not even seen yet. But he was so fucking fun, gentle because he could. I think he could see me and him when he was young. And I didn't know who he was, but we just start rapping, shooting the shit, and checking out the weapons, and, and talking about making some hot coffee later. And uh, and and I never, I, I didn't understand where guys like that fit yet because during my sure. my wars, and even when I went to Fallujah and Ramadi, uh, we started having more um, triple letter agencies. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. But I guess it was so kinetic. And we were all, even the triple letter agency cats, brother, even guys like us now that were fighting then, they were all, in, uh, they were pretty freaking uniformed up too. There yeah. was no like cool guy in school no more. Everybody's got uh, uh, full protection on, often wearing BDUs because mm-hmm. the very nature of the kinetic shit going on all the time. Yeah. Uh, our little ex office so. <laughs> Our little X off the cell shirts and our little 511 shirts and fucking khakis break the fuck down out there. Right? That little, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? The yeah. Tommy Bahama, the Tommy Bahama uh, uh, office, the, the officers, the, the, the SF officers, brother, were wearing like the Tommy Bahama. What, were the, what was the British one? He, Healy Hansen? Is that, is, that, is that it? I remember that. Uh, I think it was Heli, yeah, Heli Hansen. Heli Hansen. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Pretty soon everybody went right back to BDUs. The ship yeah. was just too heavy. Um, but it, it's so wild. We get older and we see how complex the world is and how complex our nation is, yeah. how complex uh, business is. And without the money, and if we're, you know, you know what, brother? Um, Chris had a real hard time um, at the end of the Bush administration. Well, no, in the beginning of the Obama administration, because that's when I was doing a lot of contracting for, for Naval Special Warfare and for sure, GATA. Sure, sure, and sure. Um, and this is around when you were hit, brother. Do you know when you were hit in Benghazi, I got the call because I was we were rocking and rolling in Nairobi and in Kenya. That's when I, I was at the same time. And we were right, getting to right. work, but we couldn't support you. There was only six of us, and we had no freaking air asset to even get us there. And we're all freaking hearing what's going on. And, uh, and then shortly after that freaking bloodbath, um, 
And then Nairobi's hit as well. Yeah. And, and then the next year or two, I'm watching ISIS run all the way through uh, Iraq. And I've lost so many of my best friends. Oh, yeah. And some of my best friends are missing their freaking arms and and half their leg. I was just with Kyle Carpenter a few few days back and just one of my beautiful scout sniper brothers. You know, he lost his eye. All of his freaking teeth are gone. His freaking face crushed. His freaking arm destroyed everything. And now we've. I'm watching the enemy driving Humvees and M1 Abrams. And it, I had a, a, a breakdown. Uh, because I didn't, I couldn't handle, I couldn't handle what was all the suffering for. And then there were some Iraqis and Afghans that trusted in me and yeah. in my yeah. and in my country to give them stability, and it all went away. And and Chris, that's when I fell apart into first alcohol and then hard drugs, hard. No, I, I didn't have no, I, love I, I didn't know how to love myself because the thing that I love most in the world seemed to not make a difference or matter. Well, the, 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 we started to see, like we, Ian and I talked about before, we saw behind the curtain. Eventually, yes. we stayed in long enough that that Wizard of Oz curtain was behind there. And it wasn't some magical wizard. It was just some some fallible man pulling pulling prods and making things. And it, it really it, it disappointed me, too, because Libya, we were part of a mission that wasn't to overthrow a, a dictator, which we don't need to do anyway. That's ridiculous. Yep. As we find out, that shit doesn't work. But it yep. was to it was to arm a terrorist group to destabilize. Re and I, I remember do, going to Yemen after Libya and watching that and being part of all those drone strikes without due process killing. We were, we killed the wrong people, hitting the wrong people, killing America, Yemeni Americans and, and going, what the, what the hell? And it did, it bothered me after I came back. It's like, cause in Iraq, I was, I think maybe you were the same way. When I first went into Iraq, I was, hey, hearts and minds, let's go. Yes, we're we're going to, yes, we're going to liberate these people. And then seeing it towards the end after 11 years going, that's not what we were doing at all. Holy shit. What the hell did I do every, what? Okay. I killed terrorists. I, I, great. I did. We, we saved some people. I made some great friends in Afghanistan, Iraq, local, like when you said the local people, the, yes. the my local interpreters that we had That's to leave right. there. The one that said to me, Hey, you guys are leaving. Right. He, and he knew he was going to die. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're exactly. Gonna, yeah. But, exactly. but, but then thinking, what was all this for? What was uh, it for? And, I, and so I was very upset for a long time, brother. But yeah. uh, then as, as you now here, even more years have gone by and, and we've got to settle some things and settle some things. Ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I recognize that uh, even this freaking oil business, the oil yeah. business, if we don't protect it and if we don't dominate it, then, um, of course, not that anybody appreciates America these days, <laughs> but we wouldn't have this gorgeous quality of life and the ability to uh, be anybody you want. Um, and sadly, that's what's happening now. People don't appreciate it. Yeah, it is. It has to be a bit of a mind fuck. And we've had those guys on who have lost limbs in combat. And it's like you went over there for righteous reasons, for reasons that you felt were promoting the American values that we have and also to take out the terrorists. And I, I think the anger towards politicians, because you guys aren't the ones who make the decisions of what we don't make we've policy, gone to Ian. and why we, we, we go make there. Policy. Yeah. We execute policy and we do not make policy. Uh, and there's some beauty to that. I mean, that, that is, that's the definition of samurai, you know, a, a samurai does that, you know, a samurai, whatever the order comes from his Lord, by honor and duty to the highest calling, 
we take our emotion out of it and execute. Well, there is a dark side to that too. When those orders are not good orders or there's no, um, uh, or there's not enough foresight uh, to understand primary than secondary and tertiary effects of certain policies and fighting and war. Um, I, I think, I think that more Americans should spend their time uh, studying history and economics to really appreciate our, our country and how, how uh, on a precipice the world is if we do not continue to fight the good fight. And that starts first in our own hearts about how do we hold ourselves? How do we respect ourselves? How do we respect our, our, our women, our family? How do we respect our community? Uh, uh, what standards do we have for ourselves? I think it, we go to dark places when we get, at least I do. It, when oh, I get I into politics, I, it's not something I even want to get into. And then I see the other veterans that run in pol- political, that run for, you know, run for office, whether it's Brian Mass or or Dan Crenshaw. Crenshaw. And, and, and they say good things at times, but again, they still become right. politicians and they have so, to be, they have to be, uh, they have to be, they have to suck up to, the political committees, the, the, they have to suck up and take a side. And, and I'm not, I was never political when I was in, I wasn't Republican. I wasn't Democrat. I was just me. If you, I, bull- I call bullshit when I saw it and I couldn't run as either again, cause I, I call bull. I've seen bullshit on both sides and I won't get into that. I agree with you so much brother. And yeah, I, I guess maybe because uh, I was, Poor and Mexican-American, I was taught uh, by the ambient welfare environment that I grew up in uh, to mistrust yeah. business, money, yeah. white people, yeah. white people, yeah. for real. And uh, and then also, though, um, after crack hit the streets yeah. and there started immense street violence, I used to have I used to live in a black neighborhood and there was one or two poor white families there. And um, and this is in the late seventies, early eighties, and everybody loved loved me so much because I loved to play in the street, play football, and I was just a go getter kid. And no matter what was going on hard in my own life at seven, eight, nine years old, I always had a smile on my face. And you and um, Chris are very alike, but yeah, yeah, so always funny. football, like happy yes. Mexican American. I was yeah, always uh, trying to add value. Always trying yeah. to add value, and then when um, and then when the streets started falling apart, and crime became so extreme. Now fathers are gone from the house because they're strung out on drugs. Now there's immense crime, there's immense violence, and now racial hatred is popping off. Now, where that where that was different was in the Omaha Home for Boys. All we had was each other. We had Native Americans, yeah. a lot from Sioux City. No, do and um, from um, from the Omaha Omaha Res is just yep, right up the road, yep. right up right up thirty had, miles away from me. You know what I'm talking about, yep, and yep. and all and their families devastated from alcoholism yep, and impoverished yep. thinking. Uh, poor blacks, poor whites, yeah. And these whites, brother, uh, and Americans don't know this. The whole world is not L.A. and New York. Yeah, yeah. It's not the the whole country is not L.A. and New York. So the poor white boys in my in my boys' home, their parents had to give them up because the farms had failed. Yeah. These are hard working, 
generational people, people that were homesteaders, generations of homesteaders that create that, that ran the farms. And now due to globalization, farms are failing. Farm these failing. kids, these kids, their parents couldn't take care of them. So you had a God-fearing, prideful um, kids that had a family and now economically uh, uh, they're there in the boys' home too. And then we didn't, we did not have many Latinos because we tend to take care of the family. No, right? you do. Latinos do. Yeah, yes. right. So it was so interesting. Here we are, different races. And, and then at the boys' home, brother, we have to go to Monroe Junior High and okay. Montanel, Monroe, and Benson. Yeah. So we do have to socialize in, in inner city and it's primarily black and working class white. Um, we, through sports and through survival, because people looked at us boys, home kids, they called them, uh, called us homeboys as throwaways. And you yeah. know, we couldn't go out really, or we couldn't go out on the weekends. We didn't have the money for the nice preppy clothes for status. Um, and yet we worked in the boys home to make a little bit of money. And um, as a tribe, there was no race. And it was the same thing in the military. Yeah, there yeah. is no race. You know, there, there, is, uh, there is green, cameo, or dark green, if you're a little darker. That's it. <laughs> so we call our black Marines, our black recon Marines, and our black scout snipers, we don't call them black. We call them dark green. Because we're all wearing the uniform and all cameoed up, baby. And it's, it's so interesting that we're regressing now at this later stage in our, yeah. his, in our country's history. And our political parties are making money on this. And yeah, this is the yeah. thing about... And this is why, Chris, I mentioned political reform. We don't need to talk about parties. Let's talk about political reform, uh, election reform, where regular good people can actually afford to run so that we so that it is not so polarized. No, it is right. Right. This is a nation of all religions and all races. Yeah. You know, no, it is. We no, don't it, seem it, to have that representation, though, in D.C. Well, and the, uh, one of the one problems of the problem is, is, and if I could throw that, if yeah, yeah, out go there, ahead, go ahead. I don't know if I'm hearing an echo from one of you. Well, I don't. I, I think I'm fine now. There we go. Um, yeah. One of the problems is if people get elected who aren't polarized, they get demonized. I mean, I've mentioned this before. Like the uh, senator from Arizona, Kirsten Cinema, who's a Democrat. I don't know if people remember this. This sounds like conspiracy shit. You can look it up. It's real. Um, when Trump gave a State of the Union speech, and he said he said something she agreed with. I don't even remember what it was. She stood up and she applauded. Democrat stood up next to her and said in her ear, watch your ass, meaning you don't applaud for anything the other side does. And that's the problem with this country. Uh, you all know your history. Doesn't this feel so much like Julius Caesar's Rome that we're in the middle of right now? Just, the just gaggers with, are out, brother. The gaggers yeah. are out. It's... Um, have you all had Tulsi Gabbard on your program yet? I would love to. She's great. Okay. She's, She's a friend of mine. And I'm very, oh, let's, you know, if we could do it, that would be awesome. Because this, this truly, is the I've right before. I mean, it's like, she is a war fighter. She's a patriot. And according to Hillary Clinton, who voted for the wars that she was in, no. she is a Russian traitor. Imagine if she, which was, she far uh, outqualifies, um, ethically and exper experientially world experience, um, Hillary Clinton, um, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, um, who's the president now? 
you know Biden. Biden. Biden, Biden, yeah. Because he's so, he's so out to lunch. But he's an old man. He shouldn't even be there. Actually, <laughs> about the Democratic Party has no class and no respect right now that they're putting truly a, a, a feeble old man in up there just for politics. He should he should be at home with his family. You know what I'm saying? Well, that, that, getting getting into and rolling into that segue. If people and we get these politicians or people that want to get into politics when they have their home to fix. If more people would just fix their home, fix themselves, politics wouldn't make a damn bit of difference. We're wanting these pol- politicians that want to save us when it's no, just it save right your here. home. It's so it starts right here. It is. That's it is, and that's that's where I know I've gotten better. It wasn't well, some politician that helped me. It was me fixing myself and making me a better father, a better brother, a better husband, and a better son. And if yeah. everybody did that in there, then. It wouldn't make a difference who we had in office. And, and by the way, she'd be she'd be great to right, have on one hundred percent. She'd be great. You know, now be- I think Tulsi is now an independent because it's because she's gotten so much freaking flack. Well, that's what I was going to say. The the reason she'd be great to have on because we don't really get political on here. And I've, I've been asked before, Oh, are you going to have this guy on who's running or this? And I really don't want to, because I don't want to have us endorse anybody. But the thing with her is she's done. She's getting out of politics from what I know. And so we wouldn't have her on as we need to get this woman elected. I would like to hear about her serving in Afghanistan and Iraq. I'd love to hear about that. Absolutely. She's an example of the American dream. So why we're very close is because Hawaii is having problems with their reefs too. And, you know, with Force Blue, yeah. we're doing ocean conservation and, and rebuilding coral reefs. And I'd love to get into that, by the yeah, way. I know we're, like, we're going long here, here, but I'd love to hear about it. Well, it's going to be rad. And Chris, you're going to come down. Yeah, it's so rad. So, uh, so uh, Tulsi, you know, um, she is Indian, I believe. Hindu. Yeah. Okay. Hindu. And wore the uniform as an officer and went out to fight for our country. If that's not the American example and the American dream, just like the Italian Americans did in World War One and and in the Civil War and the Germans and the Polish, and our uh, we had African Americans that were from Africa that came to the North and as indentured servants and then became citizens. Then we have all of our Latino community oh, from south of the border. Uh, we, we, and of course, who's really whooped it on our Asian American community. They have done such miraculous things. Um, it's an example. And, and I think, you know, on, on this podcast, it's an example of great uh, Americans that, that are action oriented and, uh, and we're inclusive. It has to start though with yourself, Chris, you know, Chris and I have known each other for some years now. Now yeah. uh, I, it seems like, when Chris was hurting, um, I, w- I had some st- a little bit of stability, and then we, we hang and we talk and we spend a little time, and then then Chris caught his groove, and then I was struggling for a while. Yeah. It wasn't until I created Force Blue and brought my team back together, got my health together. After two years, I met Jade, and immediately I was ready to build a life, get married, and 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 have my home in order. Uh, it must start there with all of the things that you see on the news. It's so macro and cart yeah, before yeah. the horse. It's cart before the horse. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, and and I've had some, you know, Chris. Some people have mentioned to me about getting into the politics. 
I, of course, I'm like, well, uh, you guys better get ready for a lot of cocaine. You guys get to know it. You know, I was in a mental institution for a year. Uh, like street fights. You better get ready. You know, yeah. because you go you're not going to dig up any crap on me because I'm just going to tell it. I, you're going to have a eight right pound here, bag baby. of it right here. Baby. That's right. You know, I was, I was. I look back at some of those pictures, Chris. I was so thin, baby. I was so yeah. thin. <laughs> uh, but, but I was so psych- psycho in pain. I accepted. I, I love to feel pain, so I I was not ready to have my house in order. I was in pain. I was emotionally in pain. I was psychologically in pain. I was physically in pain, and I didn't know. Uh, and I was, I didn't know where I fit anymore, Chris. Remember when we talked? We were both getting pretty drunk, and we had some other commandos with us. We were in New York, and here we are being adored by our New Yorkers. This is a freaking war hero. Yeah. And fought. How about this? Chris fought skillfully. I'll say that. Chris fought skillfully. And that's right. a brother can tell you that, you know, you're running good ops, right? Chris fought skillfully. I was lucky and fought skillfully too and lucky because shit was going all over the place. Some dude, of it, dude, luck is always a target. It really was. God's plan, right? And uh, and we had some other brothers with us, some SEALs, some Green Berets. Where, uh, there was a brother with us, uh, a great friend of mine who's in 18 Delta and was getting ready to go back. We were in our cups. And and. We all talked about, like, where do we fit? And we looked nice. We had our jacket jacket and ties. I had a cutoff T-shirt. But everybody else had jacket and ties. <laughs> we had some nice bar in New York City. Everyone buying our drinks. But was it Evan O'Looney's? It was, it was O'Looney's. I, I think it was O'Looney's. No, it was O'Looney's. But we were like, where do we fit? And until we figure out that we fit at home, that's yeah. where we fit. Yeah. As, yeah. as you said before, a father, husband, son community uh, member and leader until we find where we fit the rest of it's just falling the rest of it's just falling you're, and, you're, um, you're searching for that filler that's never going to fill the never. actual hole that needs to be filled with being a better person with virtue yeah. with and that starts at home no matter how great as i said people would say oh you did this this in the back of my head i'm like god i'm i'm, I'm being a, i'm a dirtbag because i'm i'm a terrible father right now i'm not uh-huh. home i'm a terrible husband right now I, you know, I, cause I, 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 at that time I had divorced from my wife that I reconciled with, you know, like my current one, which, so which, you know, which, which is like, man, I, and they're like, Oh, this is great. But it, it, it was until I could able to look at myself and I know you did the same self-reflection went like, okay, quit buying into the bullshit, quit, quit feeding your ego and fix your fucking self. A ranger buddy, Ben Morgan had to tell me that he had to say, Hey dude, you need to fix your fucking self. I love right? that man. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. What yeah. a man. He's like, oh, you saw, yeah, yeah. Tremendous guy. He exudes a soft confidence <laughs> and, and, and a care. And you know, he, he's, he, him and I have become uh, quite yeah. close to and Benny too. And, yeah. and, and Ben's when, when uh, Morgan says to me, Morgan timing, all you guys check him out out there. He's amazing. He says, Rudy, you know, since, since I met you, gotten i've gotten fitter again and feeling better about myself and i thought that that past of being healthy was over now i'm feeling healthier he's looking good and i'm like thank you that i could even do that as just as inspiration and uh um force blue uh of course what did i do i leaned on my brothers i said hey hey uh jeff reeves hey roger sparks um Hey, um, I got this guy named Tom, and he's a freaking ranger from um, <laughs> Grenada. Holy shit. That's old yeah. school. That's old school. And he's, he's a Green Beret, too, but he was uh, uh, 
with the regiment for some time before he went over. Yeah. Um, very socially awkward, very strange, <laughs> but a stud. And, uh, and the, one of the greatest divers I've ever known. And we worked together so long. We had, uh, and then I had a British Royal Marine command over on the first team. We had all these great guys. All of us were a little messed up at the time. Um, either relationships were failing or health was failing or, or, um, or sanity or, or always looking for the next gunfight because we didn't know else, what else to do for ourselves. We started creating that uh, buoyancy, you know, and, and then people's lives started coming to life. Uh, my, my Royal Marine commandos got two kids now, Clark, my SBS guy, uh, old school is, is speak. How legit is this when your call sign is ghost? I mean, you got a great call sign too. No, go, but, good call sign. but ghost what was, what was your pretty, call sign speaking of? Uh, you know what? They always just said Rudy, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, um, and they used to call me Karate Kid. Uh, nice. And of course, Lance Corporal, happy to be here. Uh, and uh, it, it was, uh, he lost like 60 pounds. Now, wow. he is, now he's running, you know, the European, the, the SBS, SAS guys do this yeah. mountain program that goes into the civilian world where, where they lead incredible expeditions. Yeah. That's what he does all the time. A prolific rock climber now. Um, my life, I've, uh, Jade and I are moving to Charleston, South Carolina next week. Oh, uh, business, sweet. Yeah, business is good. We, yeah. We've got we've got some steaks in the in the freezer. Um, uh, I've got a relationship with my son again, who loved my life, and I, I didn't see him for some time because uh, legal struggles uh, with the mom, and, and mostly it was because I was still a little too dangerous, and I yeah. uh, I was not stable enough, and um, I first leaned on my team. We all started just helping each other up by doing great work together. Just like when I went and trained with you and, and Benny and, and Morgan out there at the, and at about the everybody got hypothermia. Yeah. That was, that was well, a, except for me, except. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, right. The steam was coming off. Of uh, Chris, you remember the combatives? I'm throwing cats. Oh, you, you, yeah, you get, that was hilarious. That was a great course, man. Everybody coming together and it just elevates. It's uh, the rising tide raises all ships. Um, I think that's something to go forward to always remember. And that, Chris, uh, that's what I love. Your training package is mostly for the experience of being a Marine. Oh, that's you're, the best. You're, you're, you're too nice. But it, yeah, when it, when you have students like you know like we did, and people the other students fed off you. You had we had that other Marine. I want to tell you what he actually that left. Other Marine he, is born again hard, brother. And he, he left the, so much. After he came that he came to another course yep. and he's like, he's like, I'm meant for something better. He left law enforcement and now the, the, at that level. And now he's, he went, I think he went to ATF or he, and to him, that was the step, the next step. Federal, like, hey, now he's going, yeah. yeah. yeah Thanks so. to you. Thanks to us. Yeah. You're the one that we're throwing around the car, dude. He, <laughs> you saw him, hey, you need what to get a little fight. harder. <laughs> what a fight, but he wouldn't give up either brother. <laughs> oh, so incredible. I can't wait for Jane to come do the program with you. Uh, she'll have, oh, she got to come. But we ain't, uh, she's got the pistol down. We ain't doing pistol shit. She's going to come to do rifle stuff. That's what awesome. We're and she's going to fight in and out of cars. Oh, hell yeah. Awesome. That's right, she is. <laughs> oh, it's so rad. It's so rad. Oh, brother. It, and the community portion of us being out there and inspiring people the right way. And, and it kind of also. Um, wouldn't you say it gives us um, it's 
it's immediate feedback to where we're at in our character and our happiness and our health. Uh, when we've got a lead and we've got a support, if we're not sleeping right, if yeah. we're drinking too much, if um, we're not communicating correctly, and it normally yeah. means we're not communicating <laughs> at home correctly either, then yeah. it won't work. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a great lit, litmus test, and uh, and we got to keep doing more of it. No, and and we, yeah, I definitely will, but but there's a balance where I overdid it, and I know, I that, and that's one thing I learned from you is that I, I remember when you were doing it, and you say, "Man, I'm going way too much," and I had to had to look at Rudy and say, "Okay, what did Rudy tell me?" Because I, yes. I the balance wasn't there; it was I, too I much work, think, too much speaking. Yes, I think I was telling. I think I said something simply around like. You you need to say no more, Chris. Yeah, you need to say more often. You need to say no yep, more often. Because it means more yes to Chris Peralta. Yeah, and more yes more. to my kids and my family, which which were yes, right. which even though I wasn't deploying, it was like holy shit, I'm still gone. What yeah, am I? This is uh, uh, yeah. Have you had Pat McNamara on this thing yet? Yeah, yeah, we we had Pat. That's the man. Pat, Pat yep. will do the same thing. And you know what, Chris? When I was going through my things, I thought it was just me. I thought I was a shithead. <laughs> I thought it was a dumbass, and I thought it was weak. Because I was having these same freaking yeah. problems. I come to find out it happens to every, every single one of yeah. us. Yeah. And right? I love Pat. Pat is Pat is like the metalhead of yes. all metalheads. I and love that. Artist, we have to have him on again. And plays guitar, illustrates, has a sense of humor. Does that yeah. man got a sense of humor or what? <laughs> oh, bro. And, and back to the brotherhood. How about like my first fundraiser in Atlanta? We just had Force Blue was just a logo. We hadn't even done our first mission. We didn't even know exactly what we were going to do. So Force Blue takes former operations uh, commanders yep. like ourselves, retools our skills, our amphib skills to now do ocean conservation with the science community. That's cool. With uh, um, uh, PhDs in ocean conservation, in in um, uh, marine biology, and now we are uh, now we are partners with NOAA. Uh, we are partners with um, um, OSHA, uh, these world-level um, conservation, ocean conservation organizations. We are partners with the Cousteau Society. We are partners with the uh, the NFL. But now we've got private business, NFL. We've got Pepsi. We've got Tiffany's. Now we're looking to bring on Land Rover. I think it's a model that we bring in private business. We bring in warriors for the liberal world, too, in the good way. If you can't love our country and these beautiful resources yeah. that we have, then you're missing the boat, no pun intended. At first, I thought these cats were going to be all tree huggers, even though I'm a, I was the softest uh, in the heart of my teammates, uh, even though I'm still a little bit of a savage. And some of my other teammates were like, man, for, you know, fuck these tree huggers. You know what I mean? What the fuck <laughs> and then, we're, and then we're, we're subsurface. We're crushing tanks, and we're doing stuff that's so epic, and, and we're kind of intimidating these people. We come to find out over time, seeing how much passion they have and how much work they're doing. And now these scientists PT with us, they've lost weight and changed lives. And we have become softer and more understanding to, to their passion, which is helping just like us military men. We want to help. Um, and then we have uh, private money uh, and now federal money because we've been in D.C. And that's the hardest combat I've ever been in, brother. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I can't. It's an incredible model. And just to give you a cutie from me to Udy, Stallone called us three weeks ago, my idol, 
And yeah, I'm like, this goes full circle into full circle. how you became a Marine. So Sly is bringing the team to his beach uh, house in um, Florida to do a quiet fundraiser for us. And I got to know uh, Sly really well through his uh, personal trainer and the guru of all conditioning and training, Gunnar Peterson, L.A. Lakers sports and conditioning coach, the Kardashian, Stallone, uh, Mike Tyson. I mean, you freaking name it. Right. It's the Gunnar Peterson in Beverly Hills, a dear brother of mine. So somebody sent a meme. I don't know if you can see it. So somebody sent a meme to me last week. And, you know, uh, I, I love my fan. You got to love your fans. You really do. We're blessed to have an audience. Chris, you and I are blessed to have an audience. Yeah. Um, I've learned to be uh, and I think we should be very gracious to them. Very no, gracious. No, they're, they're, they're very gracious. They, they and honestly, even with social media, they they've the the, the your supporters. And I I know yours do. They're the ones that fight our battles, so we they don't have do. to anymore. Do and that is think, that's harder than anything. And when that, somebody that's talks shit, Chris, is, is this happening when somebody talks shit? We don't even say anything, and then you no. got about a hundred cats come on there. I don't think I don't even think Chris knows that this happened yesterday. I don't even have to pay. Podcast. And that same yesterday on on what? Ad Battle on podcast on Instagram, really? some guy was like, I, I heard from some Marine <laughs> that what happened to Benghazi didn't really happen, oh, wow. and that these guys were scared to shoot, and then they wrote books about being heroes. Oh, wow. And yeah, of course, people are in the comments being like, "You're full of shit," and then the guy's like. Chris won't respond, so you're going to ban me. And I said to him, I was like, I'm not going to ban you. Just don't spam the page. You can believe whatever you want to believe. But, that's, that's, the, but you know. that's the beauty. And that's what's so awesome about having tremendous fans. Not that I want you guys to get, I don't. I, I don't want you to battle these sure. people. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the effort. But I do want to say thank you for, for really, because that's, that's, they're sticking up for me. So yeah. I don't have, so I don't have to waste the time and energy which I know you and you're a very soft-hearted individual and, and it does, it does piss you off, but it's that energy that you're taking away from things that are important. Like you, like you you and your girlfriend, like you and you and your your energy with me is taking away time for me and my wife. So I don't have to worry. And that's to, so all you people that help me out there with that, just on the social media side, thank you because you have no idea how much you've saved me, saved me and given time to my family. You're now more vital for where it matters most is yeah it is in your, in your castle in your castle mostly spiritually and in your relationship as as you being the freaking King Arthur your castle and you have your knights out there even people you've never even met and that's what's because wonderful what you're doing is yeah. profound so wonderful. this is the this is the meme this is the meme okay hold on I see. Oh, I can't see it. It's too much of a glare. Yeah, I see oh. it. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll read. I'll read you what it says. Okay, I'll read, read, read you what read, it read. says. It says proof that Rudy Reyes hasn't aged since 1981. Oh, that's <laughs> and you got the genre. <laughs> but that okay, is, now, you know how? Okay, go. go I agree. Go ahead, go. Come on. Go. Come on. I'm like, oh could... my gosh! So I send it to Gunner. I send it to Gunner. I said, Gunner, could you send this to Sly and tell him what an honor it is that people would even put me next to this freaking icon uh, because I've got to spend some time with Sly and I'm just, he's very humble, very wise. He's 73 or 74 years old. And Which is amazing. I mean, the guy's yes, freaking yes. jacked. And we always meet at the gym and train together. And he um, said, could you pass it to Sly? This, some kid made this for me. Tell him what an honor that, you know, how it comes full circle and, and how, how much it means to me. 
So he sends it, he sends it to Sly. Sly says, let's see here. He says, tell Rudy, I've never been in his anywhere close to as good shape as him. Um, never stop punching, Sly. And I sent it to my Marine Corps brothers and some of my people that I knew. I said, what a freaking honor that somehow my work in life has brought me to a place where I can have platforms like this. Uh, people that were icons that helped inspire us when we were kids. Um, when, when, when we can talk about conservation, ocean conservation with Tulsi Gabbard. Um, when uh, we have our supporters changing their lives because of our example. And we can do locker room talk too and be fine. Yes. We can talk yes. shit to each other yes. and, and, and be perfectly, perfectly incorrect and be and still be yes. on the on the same program. It's so incredible. It's yeah. so incredible. And 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 let's think about that. Let us never stop punching. Let's stay engaged. Let's stay engaged. Stay engaged in our lives and um, uh, in the things that matter most. And and we must never ever. Um, well, let me say that there's no creativity possible in a victim state of mind. Yeah. No, you're There's right. There's no creativity. Um, and, uh, and whenever I felt lost, uh, I couldn't find my way out. And there was, I, I could, I was not creative because I felt really lost and uh, I felt that I had been defeated. And, um, and um, a matter of fact, you know what? I got a call yesterday from my co-founder, Jim, that, Somebody in desperation reached out to the Force Blue Line, a mother. I didn't know the lady's name, New Yorker. I could tell by the accent. She forwarded me the message. And, you know, sometimes uh, also, Chris, I don't know if you – I imagine this has happened to you. You've had stalkers too. You've had some negativity. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or people so, pretending to be you and manipulating. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. That's happened to us. And so I uh, talked to Cable and Jim. Cable's my best friend. Jim is having cable kind of run interference to run it down. Well, I find out that um, a, a New York Marine Corps brother of mine from all my New York contingencies, he might've been even there that night when we were at that bar. Okay. Uh, he became a lawyer, did something with himself, but I think he's in deep, deep struggle and his mother's desperate for me to talk to him. So that's the other part of us having this platform is that with great power comes great responsibility. That's, so I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna talk to him today and I'm gonna pray for him. Um, thanks to Jade and thanks to Force Blue, I have God back in my life as well. And you need I've that. Hard, yeah, I've had a hard time praying my whole life because when I was a little boy, my mother dropped me off on that freaking Omaha home or boy step, and I prayed that she would come back, and she never did. Yeah, I stopped praying. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes our greatest abilities uh, for survival prevent us from um, accepting love. And now I'm working on that. Ah, you're, you're doing great, brother. You're doing Thanks, great. And, and again, you, you, I get that where you have to do your due diligence to make sure that these calls are legitimate or not. Cause sometimes it's just someone that wants, that just wants to talk to you about politics or, and sure. that's a sip. That's, that's at the best case scenario or at the worst case scenario they want to extort get, you for money. Or yeah, it's, it's, I've had that happen me before, and I know you have as well. Or, yes. Or, yes. or, 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 and you, now with my family and you, you have Jade, you have to yes. be protective of them as well because they are part of that. Where 
it's an easier target to get to you yeah, sure. or to find ways. So oh, I, I get yeah. it, brother. And, and there's no disrespect. I completely understand. I do the same thing. That's why I have Jeremy Mitchell. That's why I, that's why Ian, Ian's even there. If they go to the battle line, he filters that shit out. So I, this really isn't legit, I, but I get that. But that's wonderful that you're, you're doing that. You have people that are looking out for you and you, and you look, I mean, you always look good, but your eyes look better. Yeah, eyes, brighter. Yeah, aren't I brighter? Yeah. And that's, that's hard. Awesome, that's man. hard to do, dude. You're like a fucking emoji with the stars in your eyes. Yeah, brother. And, and Chris, how are, are you 49 now or 48? Uh, I I told you I was through. How dare you? I'm 22. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> yeah, that's the dog. No, years, I'm, I'm 50. I'm 50. I'm 50. I, Brother, I'm five I, turned, zero. Yeah. I turned five zero like in five or six months. And uh, I've never felt more. I've never been happier since yeah. the day I was born. You, you're, you find a sense of Zen. You find like we're, huh. you're finally reaching the, the wisdom stages of your life where you don't have to be that fat. I, I love the, have you ever watched colors? I know everybody's probably oh, watched course. colors. You don't ever have to be that young bull that runs down the hill. Oh, true. And it, not that I'm going to fuck anybody. I'm not, I'm not just using that as an analogy. Yeah. You don't have to be the young bull anymore to yeah. fuck the one cow. Yeah. You just have to be the old guy that walks down. Walks down. And fucks and fucks, but, but but again, I, I, I only have one woman that I do that with. I hear you. Wife, so it's just an analogy. Okay. <laughs> it is. It is. It, it means that, uh, you know, uh, one day we get in our life after years of being that aggressive warrior, tough guy and being that dumbass too, because some of the things we learn best are from our mistakes from being oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. arrogant yeah. bastard and uh, a selfish <laughs> bastard or whatever. We didn't realize we were being selfish at the time, but the truth is we were just, yeah. I was overwhelmed um, with power uh, and energy. And, and I guess maybe I had such a chip on my shoulder from everything I'd been through. I don't want to listen to nobody. No, you're right. And, We're all like, yeah. get older and we learn from our mistakes and we pick ourselves up and brush ourselves off and then say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then start letting the love in. And now we don't have to be in a rush. No, there's nothing. We, we don't, you don't, you, you can sit on your porch when you're 80 rocking in your rocking chair yes. going, Man, I had I, I lived a great life. This is it's all gravy. This that's is all right. gravy. No, you're that's awesome. awesome. And that's a great way to, to, to end it here. I mean, we've Thank gone you. through a lot of stuff. We haven't even touched on HBO Generation Kill uh, or any of that. We, well, you I'd can love watch to do, that on TV, guys. You can just that's get true, on that's true. We, that. we can definitely do a part two, though, at some point. Okay. Maybe even have Jade on. I know, I you know, with her in her own right yeah. as an actress and social media person. Yeah. I mean, she'd yeah. be great yeah. to have on. And Tulsi Gabbard, I mean, we're on episode 85. You know, she might be a good episode 100. Just throwing it out there. She'd be pretty cool to have on um but no we really appreciate no, and we're gonna it. get this you back on excellent. brother we definitely have you of course and just just because and because of you know i love you man you guys you gotta you come back on. And, i love and you Ian, thank you for for getting together <laughs> with this and john Yo, of course my manager he's a marine as well still in the guard uh or still in the reserves uh and he chopped his and he chopped his way through iraq as well uh all of us wow. we work together brother and so thank you so much i love you all very much remember um Remember, everybody, believe in yourself. Uh, give thanks to your higher power every oh, yeah. day. It's by that grace. And um, and the more physically healthy and active you are, the better your system is to appreciate this special thing called life. So stay fit. 
so we're recording the outro here, but I was going to say, yeah, we went really long there, but it was yeah. funny. I mean, Rudy, I will say, was like shot out of a can in the first few minutes of that. I wasn't sure if we'd get into anything that deep. And, sure, you know, because we started off the show with a, uh, a story of him <laughs> almost beating some guy's ass well, at the club. Yeah, and then that, somehow we got into military service, Sylvester Stallone, faith, adoption. I mean, I, well, I hopefully you guys got a lot out of that. I certainly I, did. That's why I... I, I do love having relationships, the good relationships I developed with some of these, these again, air quotes, guys, public figures in the, in the community, because we have a good enough friendship and Rudy and I are very close. Um, a good enough friendship that we can, we're not afraid to talk about things that maybe we wouldn't talk about on other shows because we have a relationship and we know it's, it's in the best interest of people to hear it, but it also helps us. Yeah, very cathartic for. for oh, I us. could tell. I, I I could tell he had no problem going long in this. No, and he's, and he's tremendous. He, he's yeah, he, he was great. I know we went really long here, um, but I I kind of promised these people we'd read these Dude, emails real it. quick. Let's get so it. we'll get these done because these were these were too good not to mention, and the fact that you're not here next week. And I, I didn't know that. Off, yeah, so. see, that's I didn't know we had a troll. Who gives a shit? If it would have been on my main feed on the troll, all I do with that kind of stuff anymore, I delete it and block them. I, it, I got yeah, he, no well, time he, for he it. was like threatening for me to block him, and I I just said, hey, you can write whatever you want. Uh, you know, if you start spamming us, yes, I am going to yeah, block yeah, you. Yeah. If you somehow think that you know Benghazi didn't go the way it went down that you tig all of these guys will say then I, I don't know what to tell you you know and yeah, and, I mean, it, and that, all I can do is laugh at it because it's it's fucking stupid well, you know? there's nothing anymore troll people are trolls are going to troll and the more you you try to you can't reason with it and it's not for reason it's there because somebody is feeling either insecure or they really have nothing else better to do. And, and, you know, maybe there's some sort of, I don't, I don't know if I'm a big George Soros is paying people to troll accounts anymore. Like, like I hear, but there are times where it may be just somebody's, they feel like it's their duty, their job to, to, to do that because, because they are so politically inclined on one side or the other. So I, but in, in my, I ain't got the time for it. I, I don't deal with it anymore. I don't fight with it anymore. It's ridiculous. I delete it. I block it. I move on. And, and yeah, I'm okay. I really don't pay it any mind. And the only reason I brought it up is because it somehow got brought up. Yeah, you know but, I mean? but that's that it, really it, it. It's great. I, yeah. I wouldn't have even thought about it. But anyway, these these emails are obviously not from trolls. These are very positive. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to mention them since, you know, you're not going to be here next week. And, and yeah. they're too important not to read. So uh, this was amazing. This is from Jill. Hi, Chris and Ian. I just wanted to share with you how much I love listening to your podcast. I think you guys nailed it a few weeks ago when you talked about your fan base and what they want to hear, listen to, or learn from our veterans. I have to admit, Chris, I had no idea what happened in Benghazi back in 2012, but I knew I had to educate myself before the 2016 election. I first came across the Fox interview that you did with Oz and Tig, where you guys explained everything. And I thought to myself, why would these guys lie? What would they gain from lying? Then I watched the movie 13 Hours. I've since seen it multiple times and enjoy when you talk on the podcast about certain things in the movie, which helped me understand even more. I've read your book, The Patriot's Creed, and I've seen you speak multiple times on video clips on YouTube. I just love how honest you are. It's really refreshing. I guess that leads me to today and listening to your podcast. I love your guests. I love hearing their stories. And several have moved me to buy their books. 
The one that has touched me the most so far is when Chris Bustler was on and spoke about how he went above and beyond and took so much pride in making sure our fallen soldiers came home with an American flag wrapped perfect around their coffin. I cried while listening to that podcast and that very night downloaded his book to my Kindle. It is one of the best books I've read and once again helps me understand what our troops went through overseas. I also found myself moved when you had Julia Mackey on and I read her book and was amazed at how wrong the media portrayed what really happened in Washington, D.C. Renee Nickel, I also read her book after listening to your podcast, another amazing read. I could go on and on. Just recently listening to Sean Lake speak of his best friend, Glenn Doherty, and was another very moving podcast. Thank you so much for what you do and for bringing these stories to life in a way. We need to know what these soldiers went through to better understand why they come home broken. I also think it helps those of us on the outside better understand. Much respect, Jill Zacco, Tampa, Florida. That was like the best email we've ever gotten. Yeah, that was say. great. That was fantastic. And, I, and she basically hit what we're trying to convey here um, on the podcast. And and that's, you know, not not just that veterans or, or those that go through adversity become broken, but they find their way through it and they're able to repair themselves. As, as this podcast, people are going to see with Rudy. Rudy was one broke motherfucker. <laughs> Tell you what, girl. Yeah. but he repaired himself, found a way with the help of others, whether it was his teammates, whether it was the love of his life, which is Jade, whether it was his son, which I, even though he just touched on it, I thought that was amazing. Hey, I, I found a way to get a relationship back with my son, which is so important. You want to be the best father because that is your, that is your legacy guys. That is our legacy. Our children, our legacies, our sons, if you're, is our, our legacies. And, and, and to me, that that made my heart warm because I never heard him say that before, which was amazing, which means he's in a good spot. So thank you for the email. And that's what this show is about. Yeah, we'll 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 discuss a little bit of other stuff. We'll we'll, we'll do our locker room talk because, hey, I'm a ranger. That's what we do. Uh, so this is part of part of our, our part of us. And I don't have a problem with it uh, with it at all. And uh, but on the on the bigger picture, this podcast is about about hard times, whether you be a service member or not, or whether you be in a specific branch of service, the Navy, Air Force, so forth, whether you be male or female, it doesn't make a difference. And going through that hard point, but then coming out shining on the other side by finding a way to overcome that, maybe that obstacle or that failure because we do all fail, guys. I failed before as well, but we learn from those failures to get stronger. Uh, one step back to two steps forward. And that's how we learn. And every one of us has gone through special operations community. Uh, we've all failed at something, but we learned from those failures, picked ourselves up and tried again and did it right the next time or the third time or the fourth time, but we didn't quit. So yeah, I, I love and, that and email. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And emails like that are precisely why we do the podcast. You know, it, it really is. That's, that's the bigger picture for sure. Um, you know, we like to talk about major issues going on, and and yeah, I'll be honest, I'll say it: we have to clickbait a little. We have, to, <laughs> we have to come up with the most salacious headline for people to click on. But what we hope people get out of it is the positivity. I mean, I wish I could just come up with a positive line for every. I've noticed this for every show, but I realize, you know, if it's like that last episode, which you got to blow up a place, I was like. You know, and this isn't negative, but the greatest sniper kill shot. That's what people want to hear. But then when they tune in, I think they'll get something more out of it than just that. We're well, not just talking about the news. We're not just talking about like one act of 
courageousness. We're talking about stuff that, as you said, service members and civilians could relate to. That's what I love is that we don't just talk about one act. People don't know if you know Rudy Reyes or you've never heard of Chris Bustler or you've read his book or or you you, you just know he's a Marine. Guys and even myself, uh, we've gone through more than just one thing in our life. And especially if we've done multiple deployments or basic training, we have stories from all of that. It's not just one thing. And that I think is tremendous that people can call, can listen to because they can hear of all the things that, that Julia Mackey went through. Uh, Rudy Reyes went through Chris Butler, Bustler went through that Sean Lake that didn't serve, but what he went through with Bub and can talk about Bub's all the different things that he did, not just Benghazi, not just, Iraq and generation kill, not just a one deployment in Afghanistan or, or in, a, in Iraq that Bustler did, not just one thing that Julia Mackey did, uh, whether it was her DC or other things that she's done with her in her career. It's multiple. So you find out that, wait a second, these guys have actually learned how to embrace the suck and they've yeah. overcome because of all the things they went through leading up to, which they learned from and took from and whether it was negative or positive, they took from it and grew from it which everybody can do that in your norm in just your everyday life, whether it's bad or good, learn from it, take it within yourself, find a way that overcome it. And then when you're faced with that adversity again, you know how to overcome it. So it's no longer an obstacle. It's no longer something that's going to get your adrenaline up. It's like, okay, well, I've done this before. I know I can overcome this. All right, let's just do it and keep moving on. And, and you just continue to become stronger and stronger throughout your life until you become old like me. <laughs> it's fifties. <laughs> and you, you really, it is, it's nice. The wisdom that I never thought I, I would have and that I saw and emulated, I wanted to emulate in the older generation of Rangers that I looked up to or my grandfather or my father or my mother. I'm able to finally start, wait a second. I, I'm able to get to that wisdom now. I understand. It's fantastic. So, um, um, no, I, tremendous email, and all you out there that continue to listen to us, thank you so much for listening to us. And and uh, I think we got. Do we have any more questions? Did I yeah, talk we, well, this is, this one we is from a guy who you're friends with, Corey from Coat of Arms. Oh who yeah, is, who's yeah. the man? Great yeah. dude. But I had to mention this because it pertains to the last episode, and uh, it's something I guess we overlooked. We weren't aware of. Uh, and sent to battlelinepodcast at gmail.com, which I have to repeat for you guys. If you want to send anything in, send it there. Uh, hey, Ian and Chris, just wanted to give feedback on the new format for Q- your Q&A episodes. Really enjoyed it. Great job, fellas. And, and you know, it's not necessarily a new format. It's something we do now and again. I try to throw one in every month or every couple of months because we like to do them. Well, I, um, so, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, OK. I, so he said, also, I wanted to give you a recommendation. I know you mentioned about PJs not having a movie about them. Ironically, last night, I just watched a 2020 release that focused on a PJ from Vietnam who 30 years later received the Medal of Honor. The movie title is The Last Full Measure. The PJ is William H. uh, Pitzenbarger. Figured it might be a good little tidbit of of it for your audience and a great way to recognize his heroism. So that's awesome. Um, So check that out. The Last Full Measure. I'll try to check it out. Uh, and then he says, in addition, I can't speak for him, but Canadian former longest sniper kill in combat, Rob Furlong, is a friend of mine. He would be a great guest. If interested, let me know. And then I got I got in touch with Corey, and Good. Rob said he would love to come on. So I know next month I have fully booked, but July, Rob Furlong, 
I mean, if Rudy Reyes could do it, maybe Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> those, those are some big, big names. We'll see. Well, I, and that's what you're there for, brother. You just, you know me. You just tell me he's going to be on, and I, I show up. But uh, I show up and try to try to just not have but, too and, much and jackassery. Forming these great connections, you know. And Rudy says, "Hey, have you ever heard Tulsi Gabbard?" On <laughs> of course, we would have her on. I mean, and and I actually, like I said, I like the fact that she's done with politics because. I don't necessarily, yeah. and even though I'm a fan of hers, I don't necessarily want to do an interview of no. this is why I'm running, blah, 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 because I don't feel this show, and I don't care who it is, is like in the business of getting people elected. No, we're, It's we're, like the opposite of what yeah. we do. I'd rather hear about her serving bravely and uh, and also about her, her career in Congress. And uh, like I said, you guys will have something in common with, you know, she may be a Democrat, you may be a more conservative guy, but I think you both have a justified <laughs> anger towards Hillary Clinton, whether it's what she did to you and yeah. for her, you know, to basically because she doesn't go along with the program, that she wants to pull troops out of places that somehow, you know, she's, as, as Rudy said, she's Indian, but somehow, oh, she's got to be working for the Russians because she doesn't agree with the Democratic Party line on things like it's completely ridiculous. And it, and it shows that Hillary Clinton is an absurd person. I, and that maybe it, we have something in common there. I won't. I, I guess, I, you know, my anger. I when you say Hillary Clinton, I'm, to me, I'm just meh. What it's so uh, do I hate, hate? I don't even think of the Clintons and any of that anymore. I could care less that they are but and I, but here's the thing with her out of my she life. is she is i just love her attitude towards things in that and i don't think you watched any of the primary debates no, like no, Democrats, no, but, <laughs> but it was funny because when she was up against all of them and kamala harris was talking about um you know people getting locked up for nonviolent drug offenses tulsi had no problem being like you locked up a lot of people <laughs> for marijuana for these things. And now you're up on stage talking about like, yeah. you're, you're a warrior for this. Like there's a lot of people in jail because of you. So I just, I, I think she is. And, and look, I, I, I know I don't want to get political, but I just think she is a total badass. I, I, I respect her a lot. So it's, she'd be cool a, to have on. You got to say what you think. And that's one thing that I've, I've never pulled any punches, whether it been on, on national TV or not. Nobody, I, guys, I, I tell you this, I don't think there's anybody else out there that has the balls to go on TV and actually threaten to hurt a former president <laughs> of the United States on a major morning talk show in the morning. Not that I'm proud of that, but again, I will, and I always tell producers, I've even gone on the 700 Club and said stuff, said stuff that made um, Pat, Robertson. Pat Robertson Jr. go, eh. uh, you know, I, but I always tell producers, be careful what you ask me because I'm going to give you an answer. And every one of them, some of them have called me on that bluff and I've, I've made them, made them pay whatever they wanted to pay, got their ratings up. But uh, it, it, it's never something where I go on, I'm going to say something that's going to shock the world. It just, that's what I feel at the moment. And for what I hear with Tulsi Gabbard, it's same thing. It's I'm going to tell you not to shock the world, not to get a clickbait buzz on it. I want to say this because I want to get followers and, it's, I'm going to say what I think, what I deep down feel in my heart and soul. And that's how we all should be. Not something that should be, yeah, we need to have some class. I, and I, I had to learn some class, guys. I did. We have to have some couth that my mother was always teaching me. Um, but also you have to be honest and not, I see a lot of people saying stuff just to get their face out there. Of course. Where if you're just saying stuff, but if you're saying it and it actually comes because you've experienced something and it hurts that bad or it makes you feel that 
that a passionate because you've experienced it, not because you've watched it on TV, but because you've experienced it. I have respect for that. And, and, you know, she served and having a politician call her a traitor after you've served. Yeah. She's experienced service. She knows what an actual traitor is. Um, that I, I, I respect her comments that, that she made defending herself because I know that I know that cut her to the bone because it would have cut me to the bone. So yeah, I get that. Yep. 100%. I know we went super, super long here. I don't know if there's any last words you're going to want to have. because well, We were going to do a whole recap, but of the Lake Geneva, Wisconsin battle we'll, line tactical. We'll I saw the photo. Week. Okay. Well, I'll just say I saw the photo and that was a big course. It was, it was good but to we see, had, man. We had great, it's a great range. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do a little bit now. Great range. Um, all, all of us weren't ready for the heat and humidity. We weren't expecting that to hit that quick and I hadn't fluid prepped. So about noon, I could feel me getting some heat exhaustion. We did have one student have to sit out because she she was Ooh. getting overheated. But, you know, again, we toned it down. We got the fluids in us and it turned out to be a great, great course. Uh, very much intro to stress fire. Um, a lot of great shooters out there, too. And it, I think we gave them some more stuff they could work on to become even better. Uh, and um, no, I loved it. And the range out there, the one four one four one range or one. It is a tremendous range run by Will Ryan out there. It will be a home range. Me and Daniel Lombard from Divide Defense will continue to partner and train together because I think he's one of the best instructors in the country. Um, so, and guys in Lake Geneva, we're also three miles from the Grand Geneva Resort. You can stay there. And if you haven't been to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, dude, it's it's pretty awesome little place. It's a, it's a cool place to go and hang out and then have a range to go shoot during the day and then spend some time at the old Lake Geneva downtown and even bring the family. We went I took part my family. It was it was tremendous. Great course, awesome. great range. And we'll have another one up there again. Uh, of course, I'll have a couple. Have to try to have two a year. And the next range we have with Devad Defense will be in Crete, Illinois, in three weeks, and that's a two-day stress fire. And for those coming to that course, yes, drink a lot of water the night before because there's a lot of running around and dynamic movements. So practical and simple. None of the showboat and YouTube stuff. Our all our courses are practical and simple, so you can apply them. God forbid you ever have to, but you can apply them under duress. That is what we're training at Battle Line Tactical. And we also smile and have a shitload of fun. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So Tontosgearlocker.com, mm -hmm. if you guys want to sign up for that, huge thanks to our sponsors. Go out and support them. And a huge thanks to Rudy Reyes for going really long with us and getting some insight that I don't think any of you have ever heard before. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Rudy. Love you, brother. I know you're hearing this. And and all you guys out there that have defended me, supported Battle Line Podcast. Love you guys. You have made my life so much easier and I can't thank you enough. So, and, and of course I know Ian can say the same, you're making us number two. I, yeah. I, was, just, I was like, guys, thank you for that. that that's extremely humbling. And We're coming and, for that number one spot, baby. <laughs> we get there, man. We'll get there. That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battle Line Podcast and on Twitter at Battle Line Pod. To sign up for future Battle Line tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net.
Believe in yourself. Face all challenges head on. And as always, never quit.